and welcome to episode 12 of Krusty's Third Nipple. The podcast is unnecessary as sharing your toilet routine to thousands of football fans. My name's Keir <laughs> and I'm joined as ever by Dan. Hello. And Tarek. Hello. And as always, we're going to share what we've been watching over the past two weeks. Tarek's going to take a quiz for me and Dan. And our main course for this episode is Nightcrawler starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Look, Tarek, I'm going to chuck you right in the deep end right away. You promised uh, last week that you had a really good Polish mother-in-law story. Yeah, yeah. As always, there's always something kicking about. Um, so there's, there's kind of two two things. Um, so the first one is, I think it was during the week this week, yeah. Um, she usually does the lunches and I'll do the teas and stuff like that. But um, I decided that I was going to make a soup. So she usually does all her um, a Polish soup, which is quite it's quite watered down, if you like. And you tend you'll either get um, there's a bit there's a song in Polish that slags off the soups, and Izzy and the kids they all laugh about it and stuff like that because it's a big thing in Poland where the mother makes the soup and they'll just make it last for weeks and weeks just by adding water and water to it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what their soups tend to be like. It's kind kind of watered down by just a, a stock in it. <laughs> Um, so I decided I'll get um, just make a vegetable soup, blitz it up, chuck a couple of wee bits and bobs in there, and it's always a winner with the kids. They tend to eat uh, eat it quite happily. Um, so yeah, done this. Didn't think anything about it. I was running up and down the stairs while I was working, making it, and then um, I put it down on the table for everybody to eat. And she's just uh, she's just shaking her head, just and not even in disgust, just it, but just. Like what the what the hell have you just put in front of me here? <laughs> <laughs> so so she Sorry, just gets it, up and walks. Was this pre-taste? This was pre-taste, yeah, yeah, pre-taste. <laughs> <laughs> so she's just like, what the what the hell? So she went away and she just grabbed her phone. I came back, took a picture of it, <laughs> and then sat down, just ate it. She didn't say a thing. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was just oh, like, you God. okay? And she, and she was like, yeah, 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 it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. So then I had to wait for Izzy to come home, as always. And um, I said, well, go ask your mum why she took a picture of my soup. <laughs> because it's pretty tasty. I'm not sure what's going on. She was like, oh, she's got a group chat. And then she sent that soup to him. No. And like, oh, they are all taking the piss out of my fucking... No, <laughs> you roasted in the group chat. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like. Maybe when she gets back to Poland, she'll have her own wee Krusty's um, third nipple in Polish. <laughs> everything. Should have seen what this boy does in, in Scotland. <laughs> Go ahead. Did you see that? Did you see the chat? I know it being Polish, you wouldn't understand it, but was it just a bunch of emojis? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to ask Izzy to try and get that chat off our hands. Um, That's a fate worse than death, getting roasted in a group chat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even the fact that I don't know what the hell's going on with it. But, um, and the other one was um, just before we started this two weeks ago. Um, we were quite rushed as always, um, but we've got a app on the TV to put the Polish channels on for her. And sometimes it'll go off, and sometimes it'll come on. It'll just start um, just with broadband widths and all this jazz. Um, so I came downstairs. I managed to put it on, 
And then I had to run back upstairs to get the kids in the bath, try and get them all settled, stories, and then bed. And then I came, uh, and as I was doing that, I had to run downstairs and get them something to eat. And there she was just sitting, just not in the living room, she was sitting in the kitchen, just watching the washing machine. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> she just put it on, so it wasn't like I was just waiting to finish, and she was like, going to put it out. I was like, what the hell's going on here? So I forgot, I kind of went, like, fine, I'll just take a run back upstairs, get these kids to bed, and came back down. Um, and she said, because the Polish channel came on, off, oh, she'd rather watch a washing machine than not watch anything, <laughs> not watch English TV. <laughs> so she was just sitting, just watching the washing machine for 20 minutes. She's like, Fuck. she's on smoke. She's just like, <laughs> roasting everything in sight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I got the Polish TV back on for her, and then she's doing that. Well, yeah, exactly. uh, good. I, I have seen more episodes of the the boys now, Tarek. I have yes. seen. Yeah, I'm sorry. I realised the time that rang with you. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Yeah, you timed that way with me just yeah. drinking. That that, that <laughs> clicking noise that you always hear is Tarek putting up his uh, voice receiver from his headset, so you could take a big gulp and then putting it in like that. <laughs> and try and down the paint as quick as I can. So um I think halfway through season two. Wow. Um, yeah. Where it went rapid, eh? So, so, yeah, so it, was, it was a task like if I say I'll do it. So quickly, what's your thoughts on uh, season one as a as a whole before we dive into season two? Ah, okay. Mm. A season one as a whole. Rather than season two is 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 turning out, it was more yeah. kind of focused. You knew what every kind of character's motivation were, and it was all pointing to they're going to get them, they're trying to stop it, they've got that. Da, 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 mm. da. And uh, the like the main thing at the end, I'm not going to, in case there are spoilers, I'm going to try and yeah. cut down the spoiler, but what mm-hmm. um, Homelander does at the end, kind of predicted it. I think there's a couple of things because I wouldn't say it's a large, it's a predictable show, but it's it is in in its unpredictability. If you know what I mean, it chucks in yeah. things all the time that you, you wouldn't be expecting. So now you're expecting the unexpected, and I just thought the way that um, oh god, what's his name? The butcher, butch, butcher. The way that butcher, the predicament he had him in, it was kind of like yeah. he had leverage over him, and the only way to get rid of the le- le- leverage was to do what he did. And yeah, he's going to do that, is he? See, yeah, season one was leading to a point, and there were several questions kind of hanging around it. And so you think, so in your head, you can always answer it yourself. But it's 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 really a lot about the journey how to get there. Then mm-hmm. just hinging on uh, the shows that like that. They're just like, oh, it's just about one thing. Everything else, like unconsequential. Now every step is like a step forward to. Unraveling the, the bigger story, yeah, uh, and and that's where in season two I think that's kind of been lost. They've mm-hmm. they've introduced new characters. Um, some people's story arcs are like waves rather than a kind of arc. And yeah. um, and in general, I don't like watching stuff like this where anybody could just be introduced for any reason and they just chuck a new character in there. I'd, I'd rather yeah. it was a kind of tight script where none of this kind of unpredictable stuff's going to happen because I think it's in a way 
Like you could be writing this thing and just say, oh, let's chuck a new character in there because we've not done it for four episodes. And it's a mm-hmm. bit easy. Um, so there's a bit of that in this and it, 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 I find it a bit... Uh, just a yeah. bit mixed up just now what, what just because, on you go uh, it might just be because they might be trying to follow the graphic novel which has like more I haven't read it myself but has more time to kind of give details of these things or I'm have sure more it does, yeah. bigger characters yeah, but yeah. in the show it's like okay we got we got we got introduce these three people five episodes in how are we going to do it <laughs> Like I've, yeah, got, I've got I've got some adding these extra storylines, so they're yeah. Just yeah, yeah. Chuck this character in to pull that storyline in in the next season, exactly, yeah. whenever. Yeah. It's good to see Gus from Breaking Bad in it. I will say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's so everywhere far, at the moment. The soundtrack, yeah, works quite well. Apart from apart from um, thingy and his Billy Joel crush. <laughs> and the, and yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I don't like the wee love affair that them two have got. But and then you've got, <laughs> well, the, yeah, don't, the don't besmirch Billy Joel, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to alienate them. I've never heard yeah. "Sympathy for the Devil" by the Rolling Stones like played over a montage where I've not enjoyed that, where it's not worked. Yeah. Mm. So that, that's good. Can't go like, wrong with some classics, yeah. Do, do, do that, and, and I'm with you. And another thing I've liked is that they haven't milked the powers of Translucent, because they kind of dealt with that early on, or that, yeah. sh- or that shapeshifter. Again, mm. um, I know I, I know the fate of shapeshifter, by the way. You can, you can tell me that, but we can speak mm. about that. But um, I just... So... Like a superhero with a shape-shifting power could be just milked to death for for storylines and all these wee sort of leading you down this path. Oh, it's him along. It was him along. Yeah, exactly. And I hate that. And I hate that. And what I like is that they haven't, as I said, they've not done that too much. Translucent is an invisible man. Again, multiple ways of using that to to be lazy, basically, and they've not done it. Uh, Yeah, it's in his character to not be too... Interested mm. in other things that are going. He, he's just, you know, he's dealt with quite quickly, and he's just kind of like his character is who he is. He's not. Yeah. He's not tried to do three things at once like a homelander. Oh. Yeah, he's everywhere. I, I would say that's my probably biggest problem with the second season in general. Not, not to be too specific, but he doesn't get enough time to fully delve into something because he's getting pulled away from it by. By a stormfront or by another character that just comes along, oh yeah, you got to do this. It's like, where's the homeland for the first season? It just wouldn't let any of this stuff fly, yeah, you know. Yeah. In the first season, uh-huh. like everyone was under his thumb. I feel like in the second season, people just get away with anything. Like, people, it's just so he, he he's like kind of involved in a power struggle with what he's he's got the thing with his son. Now he's got this to and through uh, stormfront. Plus, he's yeah. trying to keep. Uh, the deep in check, and he's Queen got Maeve his... in check. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah. all that. Yeah, starlight in check. Yeah, it's like he's almost in every scene. It's just a bit. He's by he far the most interesting character. Yeah, yes, yeah. He yeah, he's well, he's well played and everything like that. He probably is the most watchable thing in it. Although Gus, see the calmness of I keep saying Gus, but what's his name? Edgar. Mm. Uh... 
Edgar's yeah, it's Edgar's in yeah. Spanish, I believe. And, yeah, uh, he yeah. was like, you know, Homelander's giving it like big looks, and he's just takes all his glasses, closes them, puts them down on the mm. desk, speaks really calm. I just love it. Yeah. It's uh, you're not our biggest asset. Yeah. It's like Homelander, you're chicken, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better watch it, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hated that. Did he Homelander? He hates. Oh, oh man, taking any type of power a- away from him. That's it. It could be a toddler at times. It's so good. <laughs> so, I do have some issues. MM, what is the point? All he does is bitch. He bitches a lot. He, yeah. He's, he's, what's he been brought in to do? He, he, I think he's, the, the he's kind of like yeah. the homely. Yeah, he's the, he's the one that kind of brings them down to the level of, right, he's, he's, all he's got is a wee bit of strength if you like um, and his humility and he's yeah. there to kind of level the crew off a wee bit more right. um, but yeah he's the character's not really he saved Kimiko once mm-hmm. where there was like hot mm. shot fucking snipers and they all missed him yeah. uh, and he spoke well to the the black woman who when she was younger, her brother was killed by Trinity. What's what they're called? Uh, Liberty. Oh, the three. Liberty. Oh. Um, so he kind of saved that situation, but nah, not much else. It's, it's kind of annoying how much he bitches. He's there with his like, big arms and his sparkling mm. t-shirts. By the way, how have they all got fucking brand new t-shirts every time? Like, not just any t-shirt. <laughs> t-shirt which fits their... So they're on the run, right? True. They're, they're stuck in the basement. Yeah. True. I think that's underneath the shot. It could be. They're wanted. by. Eh, but okay. But like, what they've got their their <laughs> sizes <laughs> got MM's <laughs> got like they've got what, unlimited Billy Joel t-shirts and shit like that just upstairs that are just his size. Fuck that. Not I do that. agree. The for what being all powerful, they just kind of walk out the shop in the middle of New York and just like, be allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. So yeah, I just go and just go try a new t-shirt on. <laughs> oh, well, there's just a t-shirt shop upstairs, that's it. You just grab it from the store. Nah, no hear it. No hear it. But <laughs> I, I, I will say, to finish this up, there's some bits in a, an episode of uh, season two of The Boys, the, the latter half, that infuriate me. There's some right. moments in it I just... Because I, I, I love the show so much, the things I hate can stand it more. Yeah, it's not like you're a bad show. You're like, oh, what, what did I expect? But are you talking yeah. about kind of the hospital scenes? No, I, I, I didn't mind that. Uh, I mean more uh, with oh, I forgot his his name. The guy dressed in all black with this kind of like a ninja. Oh, uh, black noir. noir, black noir. noir. Yeah, there's some like things involving him that I just like. Oh, goodness sake, that is ridiculous. You know, there's just. It's some inconsistency. Just, just get him. Just get him killed, killed off. He should have been done in the first season. <laughs> nah, I don't, I don't know. know. It, he's just like he's always kind of like an ace in the hole. He's just somehow like one of the most powerful mm. of all. He just oh, it's pull off the side. Just go, just go and get, just go and get them. Black Noir. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. He fails every time. Every time. <laughs> so I'll do. By the next show, I'll watch the, the last four episodes and we'll all be 
that'll be won't ever speak about again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Until season three, they're filming it. Ah, exactly. And then, we'll, and then you'll be right on the bandwagon. What will we do? Right, Daz, what have you been watching? Asian t-shirts, left, oh. right, and centre. <laughs> I've been watching a, a couple of things, but um, to to stick with the with kind of the superhero theme of uh, cop with the episodes of One Division on uh, on uh, Disney Plus, and I was kind of weary about it. I was just like, oh, I'm not really the biggest fan of One Division. It's a sitcom. Oh, I hope it's not an hour long episode. Turns out it was like 20 minutes. It'll say 40 minutes on there, but that's because they put 20 minutes of credits. I think they have like voice actors for every language possible <laughs> for every character. <laughs> but you just skip past that. But it's it's quite funny. It's quite meta. It's one down and somehow vision, and they're living in a kind of suburban neighborhood in sitcom. But obviously something's not right. Something's wrong, and it doesn't make sense. Like how anything is happening. So. Every episode, like you learn more and more, and I think there's been four episodes, so that's like just over an hour, really. If they're all over twenty minutes, and it's pretty, it's pretty exciting actually. I get the points, and it you can see it's a bit cheesy, and I, I, would, I would agree with you, but they're trying, they're trying to, it's like, yeah, it's a sitcom just... they're making, but right. I, I basically didn't want to just get start falling behind with all the. The mountains of uh, superhero stuff they're putting on. Go on for a bit. I, I yeah. Think, yeah, I I think I actually saw on, on Twitter before it came on for this podcast, they're launching uh, Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, yeah, that, yeah. In March. So I'm thinking, wonder if I should must finish up real quick or they just yeah, gonna have multiple shows at once. I think there's only like eight episodes of One Division because I've yeah. I've caught up with it as well. Um, getting my geek on in there, um, <laughs> and yeah, I've I've liked I've liked how they've kind of changed the each episode, to each decade for the TV shows and the yeah, kind of it's changed each show. Black and white. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've liked that, and you've just on the f- most recent episode, you've just seen um, how the whole Disney, Marvel, Sony. Oh, yeah. buyouts have came together with the one of the X-Men kind of rearing that, his head that, in there. that got me I was like you know I uh, don't say any names but that was yeah 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 but um, I, could I see... think that's, that's been the pinnacle of this this series I feel like yeah um, with that kind of seeing that coming into it um, but yeah new episodes every Friday they're like 20 minutes there's there's not much harm you can do uh, with it yeah. Um, okay, so they're 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 trailing it then. Not, it's not just yeah. Here's the whole thing. It's on Disney Plus. That's that right? so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, apart from that, I watched a movie that I wanted to watch for a while called V for Vendetta. Oh yeah, and okay. that was a movie that I was not expecting. I'd heard things that kind of seen little bits. I'd seen the character V with the Guy Fox mask, but I didn't think it was going to be quite the movie. I, uh, I saw, but I, I loved it even more than I thought I would have. It's kind of saying like a dystopian, kind of tyrannical uh, London, and like uh, this, this like government is taking over. There's curfews, there's beatings, there's it's very like 1984, and you know it's like double speak and there's blacklists and stuff you can't do or say, and you can't like listen to certain music and stuff. So. 
I think it's Kira Knightley or no, it's Natalie Portman actually. She encounters this weird guy named V dressed like Zorro with a Guy Foss mask, and he becomes like the kind of like anti-hero or domestic terrorist, <laughs> depending on your definition, <laughs> who's trying to overthrow this government and. It's all based around kind of like the November the fifth, kind of blowing up Parliament and that kind of idea, and uh, also the Guy Fawkes mask. But um, it's just an incredible movie, honestly. I, I feel like a bit changed after seeing it because some <laughs> of the stuff that happens, you, you'll know if you've saw it before. But I have, but I can't really remember it. I think it was so years, yeah, so many years ago. Yeah, I think I've seen half of it. Right. Uh, yeah, and just kind of passed out halfway through. Well, but yeah, it's it's, like, it's a lot of themes yeah. of kind of what is it like to be free and like uh, what the damage could be done with this tyrannical government and how they abuse its people and kind of v what what legs you'll go to to try and stop it and like uh, at what point is that is that okay <laughs> you know mm. and what the stuff he so- just other people. Should we just say to go back and give it a rewatch? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll know you said it. Definitely. Yeah, I'll de- yeah, I'll definitely give that another bash. Uh, right, Dad, good, you're up. Good while ago since I watched that. Um, so yeah, done a couple of things. One division, just like we, we discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, managed to batter my way through the Mandalorian as well on oh, Disney yes, Plus. Yes. Uh, so um, that was yeah damn good the second season um, yeah it was better than the first season I would say um, it's kind of set in between the fall of the empire and uh, and just before the first order um, so six and seven movies if you think about it and um, John Favreau who done were Elf and all that and loads and loads mm-hmm. of other things so yeah, it was him and George Lucas Iron Man yeah yeah I. Um, he's he's such a he's a really good director and you see him in front of the camera on most of these um, things and yeah right um, and Pedro Pascal uh, Pascali I think his name is um, so the oh, what's his name in, he's in Game of Thrones but I can't remember he's the guy who gets his head squished by the mountain oh. <laughs> Sorry, you've not seen Game of Thrones, but yeah, and he's in Narcos. No. So he's... Is he called? <laughs> is he called the Serpent or something like that? Or that? Uh, yeah, the, the Viper, Viper, the Viper, the Viper. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, Dad's so, a big yeah. fan of Narcos, so yeah, Narcos. So he's in that. As well. in that. Yeah, he's uh, uh, yeah, cop basically. He's in Narcos. And we're yeah, and we're good old friend from. Um, the boys, G. Carlos Espi- Espositos. So, so Gus. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Gus. He, he's in it as well. Um, so yeah, big big actors. It's half hour episodes, I think, as well. But it's really well done. Kind of, I know that they're going to be bringing a lot more from the Star Wars universe and a lot of kind of spin-offs from different characters throughout it. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that's the end of the month. Like his main quest is finished, <laughs> and there was like the yeah, side yeah. stories have been set up. <laughs> Which is good. Um, well, Disney have got to get their money's worth. Mm-hmm. Once they know that they've got it, they're going to milk it for all it's worth. So, yeah. Um, actually, John Favreau jumped Gina, on it first off. Yeah. But for, I actually really like Gina Carano in it as well. 
is her mm. name Cara Dune or something like that. I thought she was pretty, uh, pretty badass. Yeah, she was. She just throwing people about for fun. <laughs> <Just> about, <laughs> yeah. What she does, what she does in real life, and then, yeah, can you do this? Yeah, sure. I'll do it harder. Right, <laughs> 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 uh, happy to batter on with the second season of that, and then I have watched a documentary on Netflix, Three Identical Strangers. So, um, I'm not sure if you have seen it, but yeah, the kind of title gives it away. I'm up on my timeline. Ah, it's, yeah. should watch it or something, yeah. yeah it's, been, it's been out for a while, but I, I just kind of just thought, I'll give this a wee bash. And um, it's about triplets who are um, in, up for adoption, they get separated, and then in the 80s, in kind of New York, one of them goes to college, and then um, he's everybody's kind of saying, hey, 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 how, how are you doing? He's like, who the hell are you people? And then he finds one of his uh, brothers, and then a couple of months later, or a month or, or a couple of weeks later, it's all over the news, and then they find the other one. And then it starts, um, they, they get famous, they're famous in the New York scene in the 80s, so they just said it's, yeah, 80s New York, we're all about the sex, drugs and rock and roll, and they just kind of explode to uh, start a restaurant, and then once it kind of gets up to that level, then you get a nice kind of twist. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck? What's going on here? Uh-huh. Takes that a wee while, and then another twist happens again, and it does make it a really kind of, it gives you a, a better look at how everything's kind of working with the adoption agencies and stuff like that, and it's a really, really good watch. Um, hour 45, I think it's about two hours. Um yeah, the twists in it were really good. Um, don't want to give any of them away, but uh, make sure you can start chat about it. It's uh, it's on all four, you know, the, the Channel 4 on right. demand thing. So I don't know if it was on that uh, recently. And it's just over an hour and a half, 130, oh, and an hour, an hour 37. So there you go, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so. so is there any identical <laughs> twins out there of us just let us know <laughs> oh, I'm not pulling at that string again I already pulled at that string and ended up before extra siblings so yeah. <laughs> that's a whole episode on its own oh that is a whole episode <laughs> we'll, we'll start a Patreon and we'll just go through that <laughs> sort of <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> show up to my African farm <laughs> <laughs> So I've been watching. Um, I, on, are you done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for Aye, it. Sorry, right. Okay, I've got uh, two things. Um, one was just watched on Saturday with Leah, and it's a film on Netflix called The White Tiger. What this is, it's uh, based on a best-selling novel. Do you know of it, Tarig? I've, I was I watched the trailer for it, and I kept saying, right. "Like, I'm gonna. That's that's on my to-do list." You just keep peeping us to the post on these to-do lists. I think, watch it. So the the kind of just of this is set in India and this poor boy from like a a low-caste born in village, like the countryside, so not one of the big cities like fucking Mumbai or anything like that. He 
he starts off that he's actually quite clever. He does well at school and, and he's described as a white tiger, something that's rare, something that's quite special and is, should go on to, to do good things. But he can't really escape from his surroundings. Uh, he gets the chance, though. He, he blags his way, once he's older, but he blags his way into being a driver for a rich family. And... Um, you know, so he's kind of like does does a bit more than that. He's fucking they treat him like shit. Largely, he's got to massage their feet and just do everything for them. But uh, so you're kind of like thinking he he sees this as his duty because he's just like the only way he's going to break free is just by doing shit like this and earning whatever money he can. Uh, something big happens though, and. He takes he takes revenge, and it's a big moral question on how you don't kind of grudge him stealing or or, or doing something. He takes it potentially a big far, a bit far. But he, he, I won't I won't say too much. But the big question of you know you're, you're cheering him on for so much of it, and then he does something you like. Don't know, don't know, mm. and but it's it's that line. it's. it's uh, yeah, and I, I won't say too much more than that. It's really well done. Obviously, some parts of India, you see everything. You see the best, you see the worst. Really well done, though. I think he you, you, you plays a good part. Um, there's some bits that's really grim because he gets slagged because his like breath stinks. Uh, and But he'd never really been taught to brush his teeth or anything like that. You know, so he thinks what he's doing is normal. He scratches his groin in front of women and they tell him to piss off. And, you know, you're from a low caste. All these fucking people are the same. And he just doesn't, he just doesn't know. Surely, obviously, he wouldn't have done that in standing if, he, if he'd been taught. So um, but what he does is he seizes all this, all this hate, all this anger, because he generally thinks that he's the one to escape poverty. So that's his goal. And by hook or by crook, you just want to do it. So... Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely uh, give it a view. Uh-huh. When I when I seen the trailer, it kind of uh, reminded us a wee bit of kind of Slumdog Millionaire, mm-hmm. um, just because it's the same. Well, it looked kind almost the same style of filming. Um, I'm not sure if it's kind of the same production companies or whatever like that. Um, but yeah, it's it definitely hooked me with a trailer anyway. Um, and from what you're saying, I'll definitely give it a, a good watch. Yeah. It's um, the the trailer kind of struck me in two ways because you know you're trying to judge whether you want to watch a film when you see things on Netflix and this one was quite started quite bright and bouncy you know he he as I said he's got the chat um, mm. and there was jokes in that and then you see that you see the rich family are obviously they're quite good looking and clean and well dressed and like that and you're thinking all right it's kind of going down that route and then the next thing you see is him in the dark like absolutely screaming and thinking fucking hell what, what kind of turn does this take and mm. that, that's the film in a nutshell really and you're you're left at the end kind of questioning did you are you happy for him uh, did he deserve that and you know all, all this thing you're kind of asking yourself oh. so yeah good good that it's not just spelled out for you and it's not just like a kind of normal that everybody agrees that this is a happy ending sort of thing uh-huh. Another one that's quite grim is uh, it's not a film, it's a, another podcast episode from the New York Times. And this one uh, it was called 
please give me back my daughter. And it's a story about a Mexican mum who's, two story, Mexican mum whose daughter was kidnapped by cartel in about 2014. Uh, he knew, obviously, who was responsible. Ransoms were put, requested and paid. Um, multiple ransoms were paid. And you're obviously, right, it's your whole future is put on the line. You know, when you're, you're paying these things, you don't just have that money kicking about. And she didn't get any closer to getting her daughter back. But what she did do is she vowed to get every single one of them that was responsible brought to justice. And so that's what she sets about doing. Right. She finds out uh, names and follows names, follows chases leads, and there's, there's one there's one of them where it's like she found out that one guy involved, his daughter's pregnant, so she chased him to the antenatal meeting, seen them there together, <laughs> told the cops, there he is there, he got arrested. So just be things like that. Just like, on the face of it, it sounds like so easy, but she's doing better than all yeah. the police are doing. Uh, one by one, she tracks him down, puts some, uh, gets him into jail. Uh, sounds like a movie. Like yeah, if, it was, yeah. if, it, if it was a movie, yeah, she'd have like a gun or something like that. But mm-hmm. you know, it's sounds... equalizer esque. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think she necessarily puts herself in like these kind of confrontational positions. It's just detective mm. work. Uh, it's really, really interesting story. But it is grim. Uh-huh. Yeah, you may not get the ending that you're looking for, but it's a mm. remarkable story. And like, like you say, this should be on. This should be on the TV. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I read a wee bit about that um, a couple of weeks ago, actually. Oh really? Uh, yeah, um, I think it was just on like a Facebook article that I seen it, and I was just like, "Man, this this is amazing. This is a kind of yeah. this is what you want to hear on the news." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thought- she disguises herself a couple of times, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, because yeah. she, she was made obviously because she's the one that's been paying the the. the the ransoms, so they, they mm. made her, yeah. So she shaves her hair and colors it purple or something like that. Um, yeah, she, she'll go to fucking any lens to do it. Like, uh, smart lady, yeah, yep. So that's yeah. New York, New York Times podcast. It's only about half an hour's worth, so uh, definitely like go, go for a wee walk in the snow, listen to this. <laughs> Or give it a couple of years, Hollywood will buy it up and uh, you'll see yeah. the yeah. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey playing, <laughs> rolling about for young guns. <laughs> uh, Oprah Winfrey, the Mexican mum, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah can play any part, thank you very much. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's one of the disguises. It's <laughs> a weird cameo here. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Not reading that book. Has MD got anything else? Um, no. Okay. No, what, I just watched you? Deepwater Horizon last week, uh, last night. That's uh, I've, I've just been wanting to watch it for a while, but yeah. Well, we we did uh, one more thing. We're going to bring up is uh, next month. There's going to be the release of. <laughs> can't believe Matt say this. Godzilla v Kong. That's coming. That's that's out for cinematic release in the US, and I think it's going to be on HBO Max. I don't even know if that's available here. You'll tell me, Dan. I think so. Yeah, that's the hit new streaming service that's got 
a lot of these properties and a lot of the DC ones and stuff like that, then uh, I'll be coming to your screens very soon. You'll have that soon enough, everyone. So background is, basic background is, uh, started work one day and Connor, friend of the show, former guest, says, oh, have you seen this trailer? you seen this trailer? And I'm like, "Uh, nah. He's like, watch it. So I watched it and it's just as you'd expect. You know, as as trailers go, big fucking things fighting. Yeah, fair enough. And he's like, yeah, I've been like doing a marathon watch of the three films which kind of lead up to this. So Godzilla in 2014, Mm -hmm. uh, Kong Skull Island, and then Godzilla King of the Monsters. And I was like, you know what? No, let's just fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 fine. Uh, you are permitted every now and then. I watch someone that isn't serious, isn't I think it's just it is what it is. So me and Darren watched Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that the yeah, one where oh, the guy from the guy that was Inspector Gadget? No, yeah. Ma- Matthew Broderick. No, that's yeah, Matthew Broderick. That's the nineties, nineties maybe. Oh, yeah, so that's like that's the, not this the, this universe. Yeah, that, that's totally oh, different. Actually. Yeah, that's that's definitely different. That so is this, is this universe got Jack Black in it? Maybe in Kong. I don't know. No, no, because he was in King no. Kong. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, think that this, this is why they're so messy. I think uh-huh. I think that's again another sort of people made that film and that was standalone. Uh-huh. But this, um, so in that order, so it's after 2014 when I don't think that King Kong mm-hmm. with Jack Black was in that. But I don't know. I mean, if you no, uh, I believe I believe the the kind of the lore of Kong Sky Island is that he hasn't left the island. So like it's not like they brought him to New York and <laughs> or anything like that. I think he's this is like the first encounter with them. It's like a reboot of the story essentially. Right, okay. I haven't seen it, but I think it's got like Samuel Jackson in it. So, so what, what did you think of uh, what did you think of Godzilla twenty fourteen? I believe when I first watched that I thought this is crap. Like now when I watched it you but I thought so much boring human stuff nothing to do with the monster they barely see him now I watch that again I'm like I've just forgotten the best parts of this movie <laughs> <laughs> I've just I've been bad with this movie to everyone for like <laughs> past like four years <laughs> five years worse they are but no it's actually quite good it's quite tense in parts yeah you got some human stuff but you have well the first like half an hour you got Brian Cranston Outacting everyone in this movie, so he can't go can't go wrong with that. Yeah. And then the other half is like, uh, you got the the Japanese man. I forgot his name, but he's he's quite knowledgeable on Godzilla and Godzilla. So he's just hyping him up the whole time, and he's just does like entertaining speeches and stuff. And so it's like, oh, you know, I actually quite like it. They got they got the guy from Kickass and being a soldier, I think. So oh, okay, yeah, it's all right. But there's quite ten scenes like there's there's scene on the bridge where him and another soldier have to be quiet because one of the uh, other monsters in it is like yeah. really close to sensing yeah. them. And there's 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 good kind of set pieces and stuff, and there's like obviously you get the big monster fights, which and there's good kills. So the like just explain everybody what what these monsters are, how they are created. 
what the kind of general story is. Yeah, so I believe Godzilla was first kind of found in like the in the ocean, and the U.S. Army does what it does and just attacks it. <laughs> just, just nukes the shit out of it. Yeah, <laughs> nukes yeah, and that's what in the universe is like the a bomb talk about testing. You know, yeah, yeah, it's because of testing on this monster. So so called testing, but, but they're actually trying to blow yeah. Godzilla. But I think it, it, in the, in the with these monsters, they just kind of absorb nuclear energy, so they don't like they're not harmed by it, and so that's what makes Godzilla have like the blue fire beams and stuff like that's why he's so powerful. And there's another kind of little like flying monster that they've got like you've kept in this like egg for like 15 years, and they're just gonna be zapping it a little bit with with the energy, and there's like a nuclear power plant right there. And essentially, he just been absorbing that for fifteen years, breaks out, and now he can like EMP places and everything like that. And so, and then that monster is trying to find the female of its kind halfway across the planet. And yeah, so Godzilla, yeah, uh-huh. and Godzilla is just like, oh well, Vegas. these two are food. Vegas, yeah. Because that's where you would go. Yeah. <laughs> Giant monster looking for looking for a hookup. Let's hit Vegas, oh. baby. So there's, there's one in Japan and there's one in Vegas, and, and they came to about San Francisco. I think the reason, uh, yeah, the Nevada <laughs> desert, I think America have like a secret hidden army base. So I think they said, like, oh, there's nuclear energy in there. That's where it's going. It's not. Oh, so, uh, it's, not yeah, done, okay. it's not done the strip. Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Caesar's Palace. in the room of the MGM. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch that. See Godzilla put all in red. Who's <laughs> fighting this week? But and then um, the army kind of see. That Godzilla doesn't mean humans any harm. It just wants to wipe out these other two monsters and feed off their nuclear energy. So, like, okay, he, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And they should have listened to the Japanese guy at the start, and he was just kind of saying, let nature take its course. Yeah. So, so as a scientist, that's right. And no one yeah. the army guy's like, oh, shut, Specky. <laughs> We're going to shoot things. You're up, Point Dexter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so stay tuned. Well, that's good. And so we'll watch, yeah, and we'll watch Kong Skull Island for the next one. Uh-huh. So, um, will we do the quiz? quiz yeah, yeah, yeah. You want a quiz? Um, I think I think we'll need to watch Coming to America as well again, just as the new trailers just landed. Um, yeah. of the sequel, um, Coming to America, Eddie Murphy. I, Best man, one of one of the best Eddie Murphy films. When, when's it out? Um, it's not out for a wee while yet. I think actually, um, I've not got the exact date for it. Um, we'll find out and yeah, but we'll do it. We'll, 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 once I've got it, we'll run up to that. And we'll, the episode before, we'll we'll watch the first one. Oh, we'll, we'll try and do something about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll do we'll do the quiz next. Tarek's promised a belter.
So we're back in the, for the second of our new quiz feature. And last week, Tarek narrowly defeated Darren in the George Clooney quiz. <laughs> by Smashed it. Se- <laughs> by seven points to six. Although you maintain if you got Darren's list of questions, you would have won 10 six. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went back through. When I was listening back through, I was actually counting them up. I was like, oh, Sure. Uh, <laughs> right. It was, it was good going. Right. So... Take it away. You, you're the quiz master this week. So, right. Um, so we've got 10 questions each. Um, so, gentlemen, the first two sets of questions on each of them is four pointers, and then the rest are just name the year. Okay, so please make sure your IMDPs are closed on all of your devices. Yep. And, um, your hands, I can see them. Ah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, who wants to go first? Well, we're going to go first. I went Rock, first last time. Again, and it, or... Oh, yeah, we do rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> yeah, again, great for podcasting. Here we go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Rock, paper, scissors, we'll, we'll, shoot. Really need to okay. think of this. Okay. Right, one, two, three, rock, go. Eight, scissors, shoot. Rock the scissors again. Scissors, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. Go. Shoot. Okay, Dan. Rock the scissors. Let's go. I saw this on. Sorry, just two seconds. See on CBBS how they do do these like wee cuts in between like the programs where the presenters kind of have a wee skip to do a dance or something. On one of them, they did this, so they were explaining. How we'll play it, but they didn't explain that that paper beats stone, stone beats blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they just did it, and the guy beat the girl like twice in a row. <laughs> the girl was right. <laughs> 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 he says, "I'll oh, beat you right. again." Sorry, she went. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried I'll, to. I'm sure I'll, the I'll girls sort of play this, and it's a nightmare. They, they just keep doing the same thing over and over again. You see, yeah. try to get Evie and Erica to play rock, paper, scissors. No. <laughs> so, did, did Darren, right, you've so won that. That's, so, so that's one. Yeah. So, you're going to be. I'll take up. it. I'll take it. Yeah. Take first up. Right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> right. So, first question is going to be on TV series. Okay. So, like I said, I'll give you four. So, you get four different clues, and then you've got to try and give me what. TV series it was. Okay? Okay. Okay. So, this TV series ran from 2008 to 2013, and it's the fourth top-rated show on IMDb. Can I guess, get it wrong, but then get the next clue? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. guess, is, get it wrong. Is it Breaking Bad? Oh, you mother... Fucker! Yes! <laughs> Smashes it! Let's go. Jesus, uh, I need to make sure that your IMDb's off. Why my hands have been here? Uh, you know, I'm just recording. Do you know Most what? Or not where be, my hands are here. Not to be all Tarek ready with this, but that's probably why I ever say this. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, uh, shows from, it wasn't exactly the timeline. It was just like the uh, the top four afraid. shows of all time. I was like, yeah. oh, it's not a big fight. Well, I'll okay. go through the other ones. It was uh, one of the characters, Skylar White. 
Yeah. Uh, tagline in no holds barred world of blank blank. It, it, the end justifies the extreme and movie and a spin off from the show. Right, fair enough. Well, yeah, well played, okay. that's four points. <laughs> I it. Right, so, yeah. question number two. So, this TV show, I don't think you'll get it from the first one. It's okay. just as easy. Right, so 2002 <laughs> to 2019, and it's the 101st top rated. Season two, fantastic. 2019. It's a long running show. Mm-hmm. Oh, easily 17 seasons. Maybe, maybe some breaks and there's a writer's strike, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like you think. Oh, dear. You want the next clue? Is it, is it lost? Nope. So, the next clue is one of the characters is called Victor McDade. Is it still game? Oh, smashed it on the third yes. go. <laughs> there was me saying this This is going to be difficult for you. <laughs> I never thought it still get blasted that long, but I guess it did, eh? It just... Uh-huh, just with the extras. That was so, a big break, uh, wasn't point, it? It came back for a uh-huh. couple of... Mm, yeah. And at one point, the show attracted over half the available TV audience in Scotland. Yeah, and was made into a live stage show in 2014. Right, fair enough. Right, well so... These, they, there you go. Those points that's, that's are a good, good one. There's a little bit more information. It's like only uh, connect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> only connect. Right, yeah. so the next ones are name the year. Okay? So the year that was released according to my favourite IMDB website. Right, so The Dark Knight. Oof. Uh... That night. 2008. Oh, Ben. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. So that's the that's the latest one. That's the, that's the final one. So it wasn't, it definitely wasn't the night. It was before, it's got to be before Dark Night. I would say 2005. Oh, sorry, 2003. Oh, close. Ah, close, close, close. close. <laughs> uh, Fight Club. Fight Club. Uh, was it 99? 99. Boom. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Inception. Inception, that's after Dark Knight. That's after you got right on top of that, I think. Was it 2010? Jesus, Dan. Absolutely smashing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the I silence. was going to live it. <laughs> right, so question seven. <laughs> silence of the Lambs. That's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Was it 93? Um, close, 91. Uh, a wee dark, uh, dark movie there for you. Uh, Interstellar. Oh, that's that's a great film, you know. Mm-hmm. That's after Inception, I want to say. That was that was 2013. Oh, 2014. Right, so you've heard, you've heard this previously on an episode. Bad Santa. 
Oh god. Oh god, you're gonna you're gonna embarrass me, you're gonna shoot me up here. Oh dear. Was it ninety seven? Mm, 2013. What? Really? Uh, IMDb. Oh. Yep. <laughs> right, and number 10. Also discussed Django Unchained. Hmm. Was that 2015? Sadly, no. Oh, damn. Uh, it was twenty. 2012. So let's see what you got. It's close. Nice. That was good. Good, good, good going, Dan. I'm very happy with that. I'll tell you at the end. Or do you want to know now? Or do you want to wait till the end? Wait till the end. I like the tension. Wait till the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll build build that. Bad Santa was 2003. Or 2004 in the UK. Oh, you got IMDb up. I still, still wrong though. I still wrong, right? Whoa, 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 whoa! You have IMDb hands. <laughs> right, no, okay, let's fuck it. Sorry about that. I must have <laughs> <laughs> typed that one. And let, let's be honest here. I'm not, I'm not going to win this, am I? <laughs> that was fucking amazing. So it's, it's roughly yeah, it's, it okay. must be, it must be a bit. Ain't yeah. a win here or something. Yeah, well, just okay. we'll, we'll get on to your, your questions and see how well you do. Let's see how that. Okay. Right, so over to you, K-Dog. Right, so number one. It was a TV series from 1999 to 2007. And it's the 14th top rated on IMDb. 14th. 14th. And what's your hands? <laughs> yeah, shit. Playing with uh, the beer opener. Um, Hi. I've got two in my head. I'm going to say my favourite of them is The Wire. <sighs> no. Right, so we'll get the next one. Uh, one of the characters is called Dr. Jennifer Melfi. Melby. Oh, that's the Sopranos. Well done, Sopranos. Right. So, question two. This ran from 1981 to 2003. That's the 42nd top rated. Oh, Jesus. Mm. 81 to 2003? Yep. Oh, not. Fuck me. Do you want the next step? Uh, next. Next one. Right, let, let me just ch- chuck in an answer just for an answer's sake. Even right, though okay. 81 right. thing yep. has absolutely thrown me. Um, the Simpsons. Ah, fuck, it's not 2002. Right, okay. Nah, nah, nah. Okay. Next one. Right, so you're getting two characters here. Mm -hmm. You've got Denzel and Damien. So they're they're character names, yeah? Yep, character names. Denzel and Damien. 
Chris as well. I'm going to be playing some music over this. The dead air is definitely. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So, yeah. So, your first clue was 1981 to 2003, 42nd on top rated IMDb and Denzel. Oh, it, should be, it, should be, it should be well known, eh? Nah, I'm oh, going to. Yeah. I'm going to. Definitely. Go for a second. Right, yeah. Okay. Right, so the episodes for the ninth season was released. So the whole of the ninth season was released in 2001, 2002, and 2003. So they made a big the episodes, fucking deal about these the ninth things. ninth season was released in 2001, 2002, and 2003. Yep. Denzel and Damien. So, Denzel, Damien, 1981 to 2003. Denzel, Damien. No, pass. Move on. No. Right. The theme tune mentions both pop star David Bowie and footballer Trevor Francis. So if you get it for, from that. Okay, um, so Trevor Francis must be, it must be a British thing. Oh, Denzel. Oh, fucking, is it... Um, only if he was horses. That's it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you have people shouting at you, Dan. I know, I know. <laughs> You're screaming. It's fools and horses. Denzel. <laughs> Damien's the, Damien was the wee baby that was born. <laughs> no, right. wasn't, a, wasn't a, a, an avid watcher of that, I must admit. No. So the next season was this. I've got a point for that. Uh-huh. Well, well played, eh? Right, we'll move on to question three. So, same thing again, name the years. So, number three is Shawshank Redemption. Okay, okay. Okay, 1996. 1994, not far off, mate, not far off. Right, the first Godfather. Thought you were more senior, you might have a better idea. 77. 72. Oh. So you can redeem it with uh, Godfather Part 2. 77. <laughs> 74, sorry. Two years Jeez. after the first one. Uh, and then Pop Fiction. 94. 94, you get it. Boom. And now Forrest Gump. Mm, good one. Mm-hmm. 93. Oh, 94. Oh, what? Oh. <laughs> Killer. <laughs> Threw you there. <laughs> and the Matrix. Okay. Mm. Okay. So, it's, yeah, it's after Forrest Gumbler. Right. I'm trying to think, though, where I was, where I was, like, when that thing was out. When, when I, remember, I remember going to the... Remember picture specifically to see either the second or the third I may have went right. to the pictures to see the first but I don't really remember that but, so I still remember high, buying it on Pirate which still high school that might help you <laughs> so I left high school in what nine, 90 no two, 2000 it was still in high school 2002 left high school yeah you were you were top boy were you <laughs> I was top boy yeah <laughs> one nerd but I was with people, so it was it's at least. So I'm going to say 99. 99, boom. Is it? Yes. That one. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. For some the reason, Scooby was in my head there. Like, what's the Scooby? <laughs> and he was still at school, so he left in that year and they're walking away back in See, if in doubt, think about what Scooby was doing. Right. <laughs> uh, number nine is Seven. Absolutely amazing movie. Okay, okay. Yeah, so you're, you're talking... Mm. After 99, I would say, but not too much. I want to say, ah, okay, 2001. Ah, that's a bit too late. Um, 1995. Oh, is it? Yeah. And then, just like Daz, we've discussed this one before. Eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. See okay. memory is. Okay, okay, I've got two in my head. <laughs> It begins with a two and a zero and a zero and it ends in a three. Oh, what's he for? 2004. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So close, my friend, so close. Okay. So, scores on the doors for that. I've done really well there, Kieran. Um, you got total of six points and Darren smashed it with his uh, four points and three points at the start and yeah. took it to ten points at the end so hey. well done Daz. well played mate uh, should never have put the IMDB top rating for Breaking Bad <laughs> <laughs> I would have got it by the Skylar White <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know this, uh, even, even then, you know, you've even, got even points then. to give. Yeah. <laughs> I have to have a quick shout out to the, the Facebook page. There's a Facebook hate page dedicated to Skylar White, just dedicated to just <laughs> hate everything and despising her. She's the oh. worst. So, shout out to that page. Perfect. Well, yeah, well so done, Daz. As You've got the you. title now. And you're picking what we're watching next which we'll discuss at the end yep all good we'll wrap this shit up and we'll come back and you just want to have a bash on the tiebreaker anyway yeah do it go on yeah is this like a buzzer thing or what um well the plan was text it across but no we'll just we'll just do buzzer (laughs) or just no just show out your answer okay Mm. How long in minutes is the total running time for the film The Godfather, the original? 95 minutes. Okay, I'm not going to be a total dick and say 96 because it's, it's <laughs> definitely longer than that. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll try it and um, it's over t- 137. So even longer than that, it's Is 178 it? minutes. Wow. No way. It's mad, eh? It's absolute gold. See what I'll tell you about The Godfather, That's right? Nice. Like, obviously, I never watched it at the time. One of the first times, and probably the, the way I was introduced to The Godfather was, remember Fop, the record store shop? In <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Went, went in there and bought... Three pong the CD. The, <laughs> it's brilliant, eh? Bought the, oh, the, oh, the box set of the three films, right? And was it even on fucking? It might have been VHS. It might have been VHS, right? Ah, DVD. It was definitely DVD. DVD, DVD was it? 
Definitely. But anyway, it was a it was a special edition, and it was chronological, right? But I hadn't really known about it, so I watched it as if this was it. So I'm watching it. I'm thinking, this is fucking great. Yeah. So it starts obviously in Sicily, when you know he's kind of just coming up through the ranks and shit, which I don't think mm. happens until. Well, that's the f- it's halfway. Th- well, two thirds of the way through the first one. Yeah. So it's the second. It's the second one where uh, Vito's kind of going through. He, he kills like the kind of local guy in Sicily. Mm. You, you know who I mean? The guy who just like walks about, yeah, yeah. picking up apples and yeah. shit. Is that in the second one? And Godfather Two. I think so. Yeah. So obviously, I'm seeing that as part of the first, first yeah. DVD. So I'm working away. Asda pushing trolleys saying oh yeah this Godfather this is a great bit in the first one the guy's like Hams on the second it says I watched it last night but the, <laughs> the DVD one in and that come up he's like nah that's going to make me too. crash these trolleys into you give <laughs> <laughs> me your fucking swear blind that's, that's mad that they've even created that as Godfather in chronological order. No, really, is that mad? Because like it's massive and like geeks can get there. I'm sure there's other things that have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it's just <sighs> see when you went back to watch. Did, have you went back to watch it in normal? Yeah, I, yeah, but I don't think I've seen Norman. the third one all the way through yet. <sighs> don't bother. Bits and bits and pieces. I kind of know how it how it goes. I don't think I've seen it all at once. So let's say that. Yeah, it's rubbish enough to. Ditch. Aye. Aye. Okay, we are going to come back and talk about Nightcrawler. So we're back and we're going to talk about Nightcrawler, which was not Tarek's choice, but Brandon's choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how he was quite happy that, that he, conversation go? Well, he was happy that um, I listened to him, <laughs> for one. Um, and does he listen to us? Well, he's, he's still trying to come stay to clear. Of, <laughs> yeah, come to terms with Dad's doing a podcast and he's going to get bullied for it. And if any of his friends um, hear about it, then that's the end of his life forever. Yeah. But, but he's willing to put forward suggestions. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He, he, is, he does like watching films quite regularly and he does ask for suggestions and so on and so forth. And he's nice. Gets, in, gets looking into it quite deep as well. So, yeah, he's, it's good to kind of get his insight sometimes. As usual, maybe in a couple of years we can maybe get him on once he's ditched his friends that are bullies. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. As usual in this section, it's a kind of spoiler section. We we'll hope that you watch the film before you listen to this because you're going to get more out of it. So we are going to be spoiling this shit like a bitch. <laughs> do. Let's do the usual. <laughs> set the context of the film in terms of when it was released. It was the 31st of October. 2014. Remember that for future quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about October as being a bit of a dump month, but 
Um, this is, in my opinion, is not a dumb movie at all. The the number one song at the UK no. was by Megan Trainor Tarig. No, dinner, dinner, dinner. I won't. Don't worry. What is it? Tarek's favourite artist. No, I hate Megan Trainor. She's on repeat right now in my household. Quite give, us a, give, us a, give us a wee breakdown how that usually goes. Oh, no, 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 no. If I even utter any type of tune from that, my kids, all my girls will jump up, sprint downstairs and do a full-on dance routine to any Megan Trainor songs. So oh, okay. I'll keep this on mute for the time being, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so obviously all about that base. But yeah, but actually, before we move on, Tarek, you sent a clip in the group chat about what your kid was listening to on YouTube, and it was our theme tune. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that, was, um, that was funny. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Our, our um, theme so, tune so is available on on YouTube as a kind of library list of audio things you can get for free. So we picked that, and so apparently did. What was it? I, I can't even remember the name of the actual YouTube video, but I was just walking through the house, and I just heard our theme tune. And I was thinking, oh, that's that's good. Somebody's watching. Somebody's listening to our podcast. And I thought, hold on, who the fuck's in the house? And it's just me and the kids and Izzy's mum. I was just like, that's not right. So I ran through to the living room, and they're just sitting watching on their tablets. And I was like, what the hell? So picked up one of the tablets, and there's this YouTube video of some kids' TV show, or I think, don't even know what it was. I can't remember what it was either. Uh, something really weird and obscure type. Let's do some Play-Doh and make it into dandelions or whatever. And it had our theme tune on it. They're talking so, about uh, nappies or something. Nah, I'm so I can't remember. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. But yeah, it was funny. Just. <laughs> 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 it was great when I picked Neil. I was like, oh, yes. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Kids better not be listening to this. I've already, already outed the elf in the shelf and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Number one film at the UK box office was Fury. Brad Pitt film. So that war film, yeah. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. In the tank. Yeah. That was it was alright for what it was. Wouldn't rush out to watch it again. Mm. I don't um, think I've seen it, to be honest. What was interesting uh, was uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was number one before Fury and after Fury. So people went and seen it and then didn't go and see it or went and seen <laughs> and then went and seen t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again for whatever fucking reason. Because uh-huh. uh, it's the turtles and it's turtle time. <laughs> and if you're not cowabunging your way all, all the way to the cinema to see the turtles, then who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. It would be interesting. Was it like a, a second wave of like advertising and marketing that just won't be a lot again or I think it's like the kids got to see a movie and like the adults got to see a movie that the kids are like I want to go back I want to go back yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> watch those stupid tunnels again <laughs> did you guys go and see it? this no. one? 2014? Yeah. No, I don't think so that was the, that was the no, Megan no. Fox one wasn't it? no maybe did actually I think I 
2014. See, this so would have been seven years ago. Nah, see, Brandon would have been nine. Nah, see, I think I might have. My biggest like movie-going period was the one I was talking to you about earlier with the Matrix and that. So, whatever year that was again, ninety-nine. Mm. Like we used to Aye. go every Tuesday because it was cheap Tuesday and just see what was on. Um, one film we, d- we didn't even know what it was about we just kind of walked in just because there was we needed to watch something so we went in and ended up loving it and it was a film called Almost Famous you seen that? Almost Famous I've heard of it was it about bands in the yeah, 80s yeah. 90s? yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through it's 70s alright well maybe date for this then mm. because that's class film anyway and the number one oh. film at the US box office was Ouija Ouija you know like the Ouija oh, board, Ouija board. yeah Ouija. it's one of those I, I would say Ouija Ouija <laughs> Ouija Ouija it just sounds like you're describing a Glasgow person like we, yeah that's just done a karate that's just done a karate chop Ouija <laughs> or you're just throwing a Ouija at somebody yeah <laughs> Um, did you like Ouija board? Have you seen it? it does. Or no, Ouija. I just imagine it's one of those stupid horrors. I don't like horrors with the summon ghosts or something like that. It's all the same. And it's like, oh, yeah. it's a Ouija board. They're already scared of you, but guess what? We're going to make it scary. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of brain power behind that. <laughs> Fair game. So, Nightcrawler, let's set the scene it uh, follows Lewis Bloom who we see at the start of the film uh, thief the con man mm-hmm. again got the gift mm-hmm. of the cab looking for his place in the world looking for something to do really um, picking a petty, petty thief and stumbles across somebody who is filming a uh, crash or uh, an, uh, an accident or something like that and this guy's filming it f- to sell it to the local TV news stations and making money and he asks him a couple of questions and saying well, well, you've got a camera you just film that and you make money and the guy's like yeah but don't get into it it's a shit it's a shit career doesn't pay well blah 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 but someone strikes a chord with him and he thinks nah this is for me and he ends up becoming really, really yeah. hot at that. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, he does. He becomes successful. Like, yeah, like, he does. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a success story. Whether it's a, <laughs> a routine success story of a movie. Yeah. By that, any but, means, yeah. But, and uh, Lou Bloom is, is, you see from the start, a very driven person. And he's like, he keeps talking about like, something that you'd see in like a, a business lecture. Or something like that. He always has these kind of uh, pleasantries or little facts. Oh, if you do this, your yeah. productivity will reach heights like this. And it's just in huh. speak like a normal guy ever. Communication uh, is key for any type of business to go forward. And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps on coming out with them, but he huh. he, fi- he finds this line of work that kind of puts all his skills together. And yeah. you know, he's got a flair for the dramatic. He's got the con artist. He's he's a liar. He's a thief. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't care what he, he might do to other people to get what he wants. 
and he just found uh, a career that's perfect for him. Yeah, not he's to say totally... that all stringers are like this, but I like oh. it when they just drop in like a crazy person and just see how far they can go in that situation. And it turns out he's probably the best one to ever do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because because he's so far removed from that emotional side yeah. of things. I mean, I think in that business, a stringer needs to be because it is. Mm-hmm. They can't. They can't be kind of really thinking about the victims at this at the point in time of them filming it. Um, but then you can have on the other side. You actually need to be viewing this. As what's kind of what's morale really kind of at? But Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal brings us to life really, really well. Um, I think he's does such a good job of kind of showing the. It's not even narcissistic. Uh, he's just kind of. He's a fucking social. Driven. Yeah, yeah sociopath. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But yeah, but yeah, but yes, he, he, um, he does put the work in and everything. Yeah, it's, it is all about the kind of push to succeed at any cost, and not have anything get in his way. Yeah. To detriment of other people's lives and um, even his his own kind of standing. And if he wants to succeed, he'll succeed by negotiating and doing a hard negotiations. Yeah. Um, which I really I liked this. I liked when he was start, starting to kind of do any type of negotiations. I'd say they were probably my favourite scenes when he kind of when he yeah. at the start he, he tried to negotiate with a guy for a job, kind of saying, "Well, I'll I'll uh, can I start with you?" And he's like, no. He's like, well, can I take, take an apprenticeship? Or, yeah. well, can I yeah. actually just get, can I do it for free? And then you can take us on and stuff like that. And then it kind of progresses every time. Every he time also tries he to sell the stolen hand. metal to him. So he yeah. steals some metal, he takes it to the scrapyard and tries to negotiate a price for it. The guy knows he stole it, so he doesn't really have any like to stand on. And he uses that. Yeah. That doesn't stop Louis Bloom from trying to basically. But that's but that's the one time where his negotiations have kind of failed because he's not thought about his stature in that point because he's not really thought well actually I've not got any morality here because I have just stole this yeah but I'm trying to get a job doesn't have the leverage doesn't have the leverage he'll have in future scenes and he and he learns that he does learn that yeah yeah. He learns a lot from the people around him, and like the first thing that he counters, you know, he, like he learns to get a police scanner, he learns to get a proper camera, mm. and it's just he, he says he's doing things his way, and for the most part that is true. But even at the even at the end, he's he's got the van just like the Mayhem van, and he's got expanding his team just like the Mayhem Mayhem guy was gonna do. Yeah. After mm. saying no, that was really tacky. <laughs> See, I wasn't sure if that was going to be the same guys. That like he just kind of stole everybody from Mayhem and just rebranded them, brother. I mean, I don't. I, yeah, I don't think that would have been looking for a check. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. <laughs> to, to me, to me, I saw that as he'd managed to convince these fresh-eyed, you know, mm-hmm. people new to the to the to the scene, and but they they were. They were following him. He he mm-hmm. hadn't got these hardened people who'd been at it. He's chatted these completely different people to the job. And oh. you know, they're following his every word and that's what he wanted. He wanted that. He's cornered he, the market. Yeah, picked them up and yeah. 
and wooed them and just kind of yeah because if he's picking yeah. people who know the, who know the scene then they maybe wouldn't listen to his shit Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, you know, so that's what I saw about that. But that's right at the end. Yeah. Uh, he's right. got, like, at first, like, and I guess this is what happens with, this is quite typical, I should say, for people like Louis Bloom, who is, as I said, he's is a sociopath. He kind of comes across as having this naive sort of charm. And I think Mia, who is... What would you say? Is it the chief at the local one of the local news stations who he has a kind of a business connection with? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, um, producer maybe. Yeah, so she's. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he gets this footage, he goes to her to sell it, and I think and then he asks her to dinner quite after the, the second time that he, he meets her. He asks her to dinner, and mm. I think she goes. She says it's a professional courtesy, but I think there's also like something like, "Oh, this guy's quite interesting. I might just." For the hell of it, let's just go and speak to him. Yeah, and then that scene, yeah. but that scene changes the whole movie, though, for me because he changes that into the absolute. Like he turns his leverage up to fucking eleven there, doesn't he? He. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. His description of the business and the business of local news in that say you're on for a minute, uh, fifty odd seconds of that is going to be and fear and scare tactics and theft and then the last yeah. nine are going to be oh by the way this happened and this happened and this happened and then politics and then sport here you go so yeah he's done his, the, he's, he does his research really well and he's the, the market props there, right yeah yeah the, the, the market feeds uh, a demand for car crashes and fucking fires and yeah. shit like that mm. so he knows his position he also knows her, her position she's working on what we call the graveyard shift her ratings are, mm. are going down she's up for a contract you know coming soon she's in a very precarious situation he knows that and he explains that to her that's all genius but the way he manipulates that and says basically you better go to bed with me and I call the shots from now on mm. via, via yeah, I want, our, our I business want relationship money. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, she she didn't know she was. She did not know what was coming. Like, yeah, I was just like, she well, got I thought you were. The, she thought you was an idiot. Snake. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She kind of she thought she always had the upper hand at this point, and it just kind of shows you why she ended up on graveyard shift. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe there's a bit um, of sexism commentary in that as well, though. You know, she's uh, yeah, true. That kind yeah. of tough job and. Um, but one thing I found really, really interesting and is kind of commentary about uh, uh, the media and stuff like that. And when Lou first kind of kind inquires about what kind of crime sells and she was like, oh, a crime on white upper class people in rich suburban neighborhoods that sells more than anything. And it's, they don't care about. Uh, they say that like, oh, if a black person kills another black person, this black neighborhood is not going to sell anything. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that happens every day. Yeah. But this, like a like a car thief or something like that, have a couple of carjackings in in Compton. suburbia. Well, it's in Compton, she doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, and in suburbia, it's like, oh yeah, it's uh, we've got we got something here. The way she describes it, ha- urban crime reaching the suburbs. Yeah. Hi. And how laughable it is, yeah, it's, uh, when they kind of take it all onto the field and they're just like, what? And on Balloony Drive? Yeah, right. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 
And then um, victims are always good. And he says, and you can see him, his wheels ticking because he asks, I, I don't think somebody that would ask, but he says, well, you want blood? You know, just, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. You, you want blood? Yeah. And another scene that's, that's on your... Is that not from um, when he meets the other ringer? Um, when he says, oh, if it bleeds... It's oh, yeah, it? if it bleeds, yeah, it leads. Uh, yeah, if it bleeds, it leads. So he's, he's taken, yeah, he's taken that and he's kind of went with that and kind of said, Oh, so Probed you want it. blood, yeah, yeah. And, and then he yeah, asks yeah, it a second yeah. time, and he's like, oh, So you want blood, yeah, yeah, because like, of her because of desperation for ratings, she wants to sensationalize stuff even more. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you see loads and loads of things in this movie from all the people around him to the crime to the just LA himself enables someone like Lou Bloom like media sensationalism if I get paid to stuck a camera in some dying person's face as they bleed out in the streets uh, to just the crime levels to everything it just it creates someone like Lou we really shouldn't be surprised Mm. that he's about that, that to me is what the whole film's about. It's not about yeah. him. It's about the environment that rewards somebody like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't exist. Or he succeeds at something completely different. Because as we said, he's a sociopath. But he's quite driven. Uh, he, he's he's uh, he's good at manipulating people. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. we, we see him trying to get a job in a fucking scrapyard. If he did get that, he would have did as well as you could do at that job. You know, he would have been mm. a good negotiator, he would have learned at that, and he would have fucking cut corners, uh, and he would have done well. But he found himself in this, and he has been rewarded for being the kind of person that he is. Yes. Yeah. And, and what I like was... pushing and pushing and pushing, yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked how it was kind of... It is quite a violent kind of... Th- film there's a lot of violent themes through it but he's never lifts his hands you never see him doing anything violent at all mm. um, but the perception of him throughout the film is his body's evil something something could come out of this and even when he's uh, standing speaking to the ringer and he says um, I'm just kind of thinking about punching you in the face and that's just getting then yeah. you, you, you automatically have that feeling it's like whoa he doesn't actually need to do this. He, he's got the potential to take that, not just to there, but to the nth degree. Even uh, in the car when he's speaking to Rick, the Rick, yeah, his assistant, and he kind of says the same thing to him. And it's just like, well, what if I done something violent to you? And it's just the perceptions that and the wording and how it's kind of written is done really, really well. There, there is one time he loses cool because after that meeting with the other stringer, when the guy tells him he's expanding, and Lou and Rick can't beat them to every crime scene because there's just too many of them. And he's in the mirror and he's just hearing the news and all they're playing is the other yeah. guy's clips, and he just like, like starts rages and then immediately tries to calm down, thinks it through, and he he hates it because he's a perfectionist. He doesn't like in getting beat and mm-hmm. so what he goes he goes to the mayhem van and cuts the guy's brakes yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. and causes, causes a crash and he's there to film the thing as well <laughs> and the best, best thing about that was yeah. yeah 
and the like right there is like, oh, there's a rape in Griffin Park. Rick says, oh, why are we going there? And uh, Lou's just like, wait for it, <laughs> wait for it. And he hears that call coming out of a uh, van crash. It's like, gob. <laughs> it's like, and then his worst enemy is looking up at is looking up at Lou as he's shoving a camera in his face. Like, I know it was you. You kill me. <laughs> you, yeah. you you made everything happen. You kill me off. Uh-huh. You shove a camera in my face. And it's like a grim reaper of sorts, you know. <laughs> like he's yeah, there. Exactly. He he says later on, like if you see me, you're having the worst day of your life. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he is like a like an angel of death in a way. One of the things I said to you, Daz, when we we're watching it, is that the the music was quite telling throughout it because he would do mm-hmm. something. You know, progressively get kind of. You, you would imagine that these people who film these just are, are not part of the scene. They are there to just show what's going on. But more and more and more, he cuts corners, as we've said. So he skips police uh, tape to get closer to the scene. Yeah. He breaks into, well, he walks into a house where a shooting's happened and starts manipulating the scene to kind of tell a story. He sees someone who's yeah. crashed in a car and he moves the body. So you can get a better shot of, of the body in the car, yeah. and, and like, <laughs> uh, and gradually, gradually, doesn't more not. But and every time he does this, there's all this like fucking uplifting music that's like he succeeded, and I'm like, that's not yeah. what he's doing. He's, he's fucking cheating, but it's that's from his mind. Yeah, it's from his mind. But Aye. he's also like in terms of when you play a puggy machine or you're playing a game and you get all these like musical cues that you're doing well. That's what he's getting. Ring. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's getting like, because he's getting rewarded for it. If he does mm. this, then he's going to get more money. He's going to get more exposure. He's going to get more influence. And then, so he does it. So he is getting rewarded. Mm. Yeah. Well, what you're seeing as a viewer is like, nah, you shouldn't do that. But what you're hearing is like, fucking, what a great move. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that is, that is really quite cool. I, d- I didn't even pick up on the theme, well, the tunes as they were going, going through it. Nah. Yeah, a really good movie. Right. Uh, one scene, he gets to it uh, as it's kind of happening and he goes there and there's like a couple of men come out the house with guns and so he just, he records that and then goes into the house and films like there's a, like an Uzi there's a shotgun, there's blood everywhere, this person like, sprawled out on the, the like on a couch with a big gaping bullet wound and he goes up into this bedroom and you see this crib. Uh, every time I've seen I've seen this movie like five times now, every time I pray for, for the like not the worst. <laughs> you know, it just gets me yeah. every time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Spoiler, uh, there's nothing in that crib, but I'm just thinking, what what could it be or what would he do? He's not above moving that baby. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that was it. The, the tension was there, and the yeah, the potential was there for him to do anything to that baby at that I, point in time. I, I mean, once you'd, once you'd seen him, once you'd seen him kind of move the dead body, it was like, right, okay, yeah. Now, yeah. now he's just filmed guys running out. He's he's kind of in here. He's free and clear. He can do whatever he likes. And then when you see him getting up to that crib, it was like, fuck, what Every time I think is he going to actually do at this point? Um, yeah, 
Even even think he's about his mother the baby, so it's dead. Yeah, and, like he gets another adds, adds to the story. That's yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I was thinking. I, th- I thought he was going to do something like that, and then, well, we bit further on in the scene, he gets downstairs and the guy's breathing, and he doesn't even mm. try to help him. He just kind of just reacts and then just films it. Yeah, and then it's just like right, okay, I've got this. Did you, see, did you see that at the time? Did you know that, that one of them was still alive? I didn't really get that. I know it's explained. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that yeah, you see it, yeah. man? Yeah. Aye, because hey, okay. um, he kind of goes, goes pans past him a wee bit and then he hears a noise and then he, he kind of goes back to it. And ah, but that's okay. one of the things he edits out. Like, yeah, aye. when he edits oh, out yeah. the, the clip of the, the guys coming out, obviously, and he, he messes around a little bit and when the police come, to question about it, he gives them the, the edit, edit tape and stuff like that. So, what but, do you um, think? Uh, he's um, partner Rick. Rick. Is it Rick? Is that yeah, what you said his name was? Yeah. 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 Well, he, he's, I, I, I quite liked him. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him. It was a good good character. He was kind of moral center to that. Mm-hmm. Mm. In fact, the most telling conversations are between they two because he says, yeah. Don't treat people well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. you talk, talk about negotiations as well. The negotiations in Eta because he's paying him thirty initially thirty dollars a night, and he's making yeah. he's making hundreds and thousands. Uh, oh, yeah. And then he says, "Like I'm going to make you vice president of this fucking so-called company that I've got." Uh, yeah, but he stares at him. He says, "What do you want?" And you pick a number, but he's he doesn't like like go his gaze, and the guy goes, "A hundred and seventy-five dollars a night <laughs> okay you, you said that you said I could have got more he went oh yeah <laughs> I was about to say triple <laughs> I like that but then um, when this, when he's um, when they're sitting outside the was it the burger joint or oh yeah, yeah 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 and they start renegotiating and he knows that he's got the power within that negotiation comes an equal yeah yeah, well, he he knows that he's got him. He doesn't like it. Joe yeah. Hall really again, doesn't like again, it. Again. Doesn't like that. What, what was and his at, that, at that point, as, as soon as that point happened, I was thinking, he, well, Rick is definitely well, dead at some point in the remainder of Richard, the story. Oh, you, you, you kind of thought that, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Richard knows that um, Lou saw the people come out of the crime scene because Lou's following And he said, them, we should go to the police. And, yeah, yeah. And he says, we should go out. I'm about to rat you out here. Like, uh, basically, if you leave me alive, I'm going to I'm gonna tell everyone, unless you give me 50%, because I think it was a reward out for those criminals, and it was like yeah. $5,000 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was like, give, give me half or I'm, I'm snitching. But Lee Bloom's trying to maximise the situation, so he's trying to, he's already got the big thing from the house. He's trying to now get the arrest. <laughs> mm. So he tells yeah. the police, these guys who I think were involved in that shooting are at this. And he knows that they've got a gun and he lets the police walk into the, the situation. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he puts... And he's sent across the road oh. with the camera. He yeah. sends uh. him out of the car to get a, diff- a better angle, knowing that he could be in the firing line. Um, yeah. That's interesting. And yeah. Play, yeah, and then and then he plays him into to actually make sure. Well, actually, yeah, I'm gonna get get money for and, your death as well as kind of yeah, get you yeah. the 
I said earlier the most telling conversations are between the two he says you just you, Rick says to Louis Bloom you just don't treat people nice he says well maybe the problem is I just don't like people yeah it's one of the coldest lines I've ever heard in the movie oh, definitely and definitely. so yeah. yeah anybody's dispensable at that stage and like you say mm. what happens is there's a shootout and one of the criminals escapes the police finds himself in the middle of the road having crashed the car yeah flipped it yeah yeah Bye. so this criminal was in the car upside down or something and, and could be dead Louis Bloom runs out with his camera has a look at what's going on sends Rick to stand in this spot yeah tells him he's dead, dead. Yeah. he's dead he's dead it's mm. fine but he's not dead he's still alive shoots Rick and he's there to film the fucking aftermath just have a wanker yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's standing over over his dead body filming it and he's just like, This is what you get. You you put me in a bad situation, you tried to one up me. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just it, he's trying to give a piece of his, piece of his own medicine but he's, mm. uh, uh Rick to Lou, but at the end like you just can't you just can't beat Lou. Uh-huh. And, and then what? and then it takes you on to well, the cops end up well, taking them in, but they've got mm-hmm. nothing on him because, well, he's edited as much of the video as he needs to, and then um, he's still, the rest of his story is quite plausible, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's nobody else to kind of turn it around, turn, turn it against them. There's no witnesses, and um, yes, and and the woman says, "Oh, how could you do that?" Being like a moral saying, like, "How do you feel to film your partner's death?" He's like, "It's literally my job." Man, <laughs> it's mm. just like yeah, yeah. I think yeah, you yeah. just realise, yeah, it is. He's got that like, just cold, blank, logistical kind of. Yep, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Don't don't care about anything else, but getting the job done. Yeah, and he walks out. It's very uh, usual suspects, you know, with the first the filming of the the feet, and then he walks up and he's got the because uh-huh. the usual suspects, he's obviously. Uh, walking very uh, I don't want to spoil that movie but you know what happens there then <laughs> it, it, flashes, it flashes to his watch and it's like oh that's the watch he got from the the guard to the beginning of the movie do you think he and killed that guard? Like, that's yeah, one yeah. thing that I was wanting to ask you is, is what happened to that guard was he start? was he a killer from the start because well like you said I, he, no, he was violent to that killer to the to the, 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 the guard <laughs> Yeah, but how much? How much of that did you see? Well, you, only, kinda, you only see him. You only, you only so yeah. so. Oh, you, you only see him just going to punch him, and then it blanks out, and then you see the watch on his wrist. So it's all so it's all kind of it's all kind of you never see him know. being physically violent throughout the film, uh-huh. with the exception of breaking the breaking the window, uh, the mirror. Um, yeah, but yet he's the most. He's a puppeteer, yeah. Well, he's the most kind of potentially violent person within the movie, even though you're going through yeah. all these different gruesome scenes. But he's he'd, had he'd rather to do with that. But he's... Yeah. Manipulate yeah. the scene, manufacture it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And still uh, the darkest person within the... Yeah, still the darkest pe- person within the movie. There's a bit more uh, social commentary in this, in that he's like a white guy, a white man looking guy uh, his assistant is is a American Asian guy or British Asian guy 
No, if, if the shoes were on the other foot, um, Rick wouldn't have been able to like cross that police tape and get into that house and do things. He wouldn't have been able to walk freely amongst some of these scenes, you know, without being fucking questioned more quickly than these white guys are. So you've got that as well. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I, I think the main the question is maybe maybe he's asking is like, kind of who's who's to blame? And we talked about the environment and that before that he lives in, but like, is it Lou Bloom's fault that uh, everyone else is so receptive to him filming bloody bodies and that yeah, you know, is it is yeah. it really his fault? I know he's a horrible person. He's doing that and he's. He's pushing the, the boundaries of the media, but he has a even before he starts manipulating her, he has an enabler in the the media woman. Yeah, Mia. And she wants like like more bloody stuff even before he learns the details as we said yeah. about her and her standing. But and then it's like is it the viewers? Because people could just tune out if they didn't like it, but mm-hmm. it's like it's like a car crash, you know, you, you, you have to kinda your neck at it, you're like, well, what's going on over there? Yeah. Or or is it or is it Lou himself? Does it all just kinda start and end and end with him? Uh, I don't know, it's just quite 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 a big question yeah. there, so it's quite I, asking. It does raise the questions like is it is it the fear of 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 news that's been projected onto us, or is it us? Is it the bloodlust mm. of the audience which is demanding more of this stuff? Because yeah, that this is this is what interests us, and I think it's particularly of uh, local news because just outside of this film, but just as a bit of kind of background, like local news broadcasters and newspapers and websites are being kind of swallowed up by large companies now to drip feed this fear among communities. Yeah. So you've Monopolizing, got, yeah. Yeah, you've got national yeah. broadcasters like Fox and so on who do it pretty blatantly. Uh, but, but what's happening on the on these um, local and community-based sites are that it's more of a yeah, drip feed thing. It's like more of a constant... Oh, and yes, you yes. trust the local one more because they're more genuine and they're like, oh, it's just Absolutely, our, yeah. our town. It's our yeah. guys. They hear their, their own towns and names and people and places. So that's where you're always going to get the trust kind of built up um, within the local news. And yeah, uh, it's going to be difficult to kind of stop the monopoly happening on that. People say that they watch the local news to be informed, and so there is that sort of. It's more of a duty rather than listening to Fox, where you know you're going to get some. Yeah. Something given to you. Yeah. What do you think of the comparison between Lewis Bloom and Donald Trump? <laughs> I what I I do I don't see that at all. No. Lou's a behind the camera guy. Lou's blowing Donald uh, Trump. Well, uh, Donald Trump's at all eyes on me. A very attention seeking man. I don't know where you've been, Tara. You, you get shit during this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you said it in the chat. <laughs> Did you hear my intro? <laughs> 
Right. Okay. No. <laughs> Like, Go and see I don't care. Yeah, this, this seems like a this seems like a reach to me. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Right. Both are sociopaths. Yeah. It has to be all about them. They're quite cold-hearted. Uh, I would argue that Lewis Bloom doesn't uh, enjoy his job in that he doesn't care about the story. He doesn't care about. The, the the shot as an art form doesn't care about the story as a journalistic point of view, right? I would say that Donald Trump doesn't care about his subjects. He didn't want to be president. What he wanted was was the fame and the kind of notoriety, and the people will be speaking about him. Both succeeded in environments that were existing to reward people with the worst qualities. But then you've got that in all. Well, any aspects of life. So it's so what you're kind of just turning around and saying is people that are looking to be successful and not care about any other aspects of life or no, 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 not, not, not that, not that. Because I would say that they don't care about even the thing that they're doing. Like Donald Trump and and other like dictators mm-hmm. notoriously don't even they hate the subjects. They hate the, the people that they're ruling over. Like they mm. just end up. They're not even in it for themselves. They are just in anything for themselves and it just happens to be this. You know, you can have a driven sports person right, right, right. who doesn't care about relationships. Yeah, yeah. He just wants to be good at the sport. Grew up wanting to be good at the sport and all the fame and everything that comes as a package of that and you could take it or leave it, right? Whereas they want right. to be famous. They want people to be speaking about them and what they have found is yeah, a they want that. to do that. Yeah, they don't particularly. Finances. Yeah, they don't. They, they don't really particularly like what they're doing, and uh, as a, again, they they have been rewarded. There's an environment there which has just created these monsters, or allowed them to thrive. Yeah. Think about that. Never, never, never thought about this movie in that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know. I wasn't, I wasn't watching, uh, thinking about it. But the more, the more that, uh, uh, the more that you come to uh, realize, uh, Trump, Trump would sell his fucking granny down the river, would he? If it meant he got more ratings or whatever he's looking for. So with this oh, guy, fuck yeah, 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 yeah. So it's yeah, it's the. I would argue again that Trump's not even it's still that this, still the success. <laughs> Trump, Trump wants him. He, he he knows that he was going to be a controversial type person, or did he even care if he was going to be a controversial type person? Was it? No, because he, he wanted Bloom. He was. He didn't. He just wanted to make sure that he was known for. No, he did. Yeah, because when he was asking to um, put his production company on every. Um, yeah, on the news and make sure that they were kind of stating it every time. So that's kind of him giving the notara, notar, oh, Christ, I can't even say that word. You know, yeah. <laughs> notary <laughs> of him. Then I can kind of, I, I see your point. I like it. I really do. It's, it's kind of in the comparison. Yeah. Any dirty comparison of Trump is always a good comparison. Doesn't feel a bit too hard, but it's there. Have you guys want to say anything else before I dip into the trivia? Um, not um, really. Just maybe that that last scene that Tari mentioned, where you know he gets that 
uh, uh, horror house uh, scene up and he gets comes in and he tells her uh, like if I, uh, he just comes in complete control of her and this real, his real monster comes out and it's like if I tell you a lowest offer it's going to be that lowest offer and you're going to pronounce my company like this it's going to be said like this you'll be showing this you're going to be showing that you're going to be doing this like holy crap like this is what was simmering under the surface the entire time and yeah. just kind of looking at him, it gets like wide eyed, just like, this is what I've invited in, and I can't let go. And it's like, oh, you're going to go tell, you're going to, I'm going to meet the actual anchors, I'm going to form connections with them, and get you out of here in like a month. You know, it's, he just becomes like a kingpin of everything there. <laughs> Absolutely. Works his way up and just manipulates the company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Um, I just think uh, probably this has easily pushed itself into my favourite Jake Gyllenhaal uh, movie. I know you've got your favourite, Kieran, um, from uh, past episodes that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> definitely he's, his performance in this was amazing. He's, you can totally see the darkness. You can totally see the kind of the success that he's looking at. Oh, I really did like the way that he turned things into almost interview questions every time where he's kind of his employee. Um, I enjoyed that. And even when he was speaking to the women at the network and he would kind of use that as a jumping block to kind of progress his own career. Um, he done, yeah, one of the, definitely the best John Hall performances ever. Nice. Yeah. So in the in the in the film, well before the film, for, for like the kind of back, you know, you do to be prepared Aye. for the film. <laughs> Preparation for the film. <laughs> I need Because you were prepared for that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Riz Ahmed, who played Rick, they uh, this will be interesting for you, Daz. They rode along with actual Nightcrawlers that we've talked about because there's a Netflix series called Shot in the Dark. Shot in the Dark, yes. Which comes after this, a few years after this, which follows real-life Nightcrawlers running about the streets of LA and just kind of finding out what they find. But one of the kind of companies or characters or whatever's in that is the Rash Brook mm-hmm. Brothers, Rash Brook Brothers, how would you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rash Brook, I think they're Australian. <laughs> no, they're British. Are they British? Yeah. I don't know, they have yeah, a funny accent. Not, um, yeah, yeah, a Portuguese yeah. accent that you just did there, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Portuguese. <laughs> there's a lot of time around the Portuguese I have. Yeah. <laughs> so they, so Nolan and Ahmed, uh, actually kind of drove around with the Nightcrawlers in preparation for this film. Mm. Uh, wow. And they make a cameo in the film. I did not notice that. Yeah, really. so, so, when Lee, so Lee arrives late to the structure fire. Mm. Yeah. I, I can't remember why, but he picks up on it late and he's just kind of starting out. This is one of the mistakes that he soon learns from. But yeah, yeah near the beginning of the film and he, and so the fire's kind of done or is, you know by the time he gets there I think and, that's the one where he's the guy's on the phone talking to the station and he like he just uh, uncomfortably stands close to him so he can overhear hmm. I believe it's that scene 
Yeah. And there's people that Aye, and walk away from the scene saying, oh, you've missed it. Yeah. And it's them. <laughs> no way. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I recommend everyone to watch that the, show, Show in the Show in the Dark. Yeah, let's talk about that now then. <laughs> yeah, yeah it follows kind of three crews of uh, stringers and there's different teams and it kind of just shows a little bit more of the kind of the facts and the more of the nitty gritty. Like you'll see in Nightcrawler, yeah, he goes to his, his car and like edits, <laughs> edits a clip and sends it off, but it's not really going into detail. But in um, a shot of the dark, you'll see three kind of opposing teams all race for the same calls uh, on the same nights and how yeah. all covering the entirety of LA. And you'll see it, the kind of theater of philosophies you got, like the Reichsbrook brothers, RMG, they're more kind of, they've got a brotherhood thing going on as a family deal. They're just trying to be the best and get the best news out there. Scott, uh, he's just annoying. <laughs> he's annoying. He just always thinks he's kind of better than anyone else. And he'll, even if the Terry is late, he's just trying to hang around and really get the best shots. And what he does later on in the series is it's quite scummy because he ends up like uh, like packaging some deals and everything like that to oh, okay. other people. Yeah. And you, oh. other team, you got Scott. Such a Scott team. thing to do, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, with, sorry. <laughs> with uh, on scene, you've got Zach and his crew. And um, he's basically like uh, Lou Bloom at the end. He's got multiple people, multiple vans, multiple like trucks all over LA and he had I think he says at the time he has twenty five people working for him. And it's like so it's impossible for these other two guys that are just out there on themselves to get to these things before all his stooges get there. Especially when there's like two things breaking at the same time. He can kind of uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. What I thought was interesting then is uh like, you know, this is a reality show and things like hyperbole and all this can be ramped up and made up but there's this one scene in episode one that you kind of fake this fucking really happened yeah. uh, there's a, a car that's stalled in the middle of the freeway and this is like a five lane fucking 100 mile an hour fucking yeah. highway and mm. it's at night and it's uh, the car's black itself so many lights kicking around and one guy says look the worst thing to do is leave your car in that situation because you're going to get fucking squashed so yeah one of the brothers just I mean talk about the morality of this if you want but he sits in a lay-by and just puts his camera on this car because something's going to happen and, and he knows he sits there and lo and behold you know a couple of cars come past and clip a wing mirror and so on and, and not just a little bit man these guys are going to be a bit is it speeding man it's just horrific because you know that the inevitable is something bad's going to happen here and lo and behold boom mm. car comes and takes it out fucking puts the car in half blows it up and I thought what was striking for me is if this was in the movie and this was Lee Bloom, he wouldn't move a muscle. He would just sit mm. there and film it and wait for the explosion of the car. You know, a car goes on fire and sooner or later it's going to blow up. I think he would wait for that and maybe just get the best picture of that. But mm. the, the Racebook brother just puts his camera off and runs and drags the guy out. 
and saves him and sacrifices, you know, he, he, he's, he, he's got the hat. He's got the money shot. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, got, he's, but, got, he's got the money shot. But, but he's not got still... the whole package because what you see later on mm-hmm. is once he's pulled him out and he saved him, he's in bits because uh, he's just so emotionally yeah. drained from the situation. But another stringer has got on the scene and filmed not him pulling him out of the car, which he kind of claims he did. He, he pulls him further away from the wreckage because it does blow up. So he sees that and he's got that. And the guy is at Zach, comes and makes a negotiation to put the two bits of footage together to come up with a, a package that maybe both benefit from financially. But mm-hmm. just... Wow, is, is, I don't think I don't, I mean, I don't think I'm going mean, to see anything in this whole season that is the series yeah. that's going to top that because that was yeah. edgy I mean, stuff. Arguably, if if he turned his car and started flashing it, so that he's like headlights are going up he the freeway, he could start flashing, and then maybe go out and try and save the guy. Arguably, that would have been much more of a human. For any, yeah, you oh, mean kind, kind of way. So, so then instead of instead of actually having that fatality or potential fatality, he's actually been more heroic. So put, put the camera on. Actually, took put it on the car. Yeah, put your beams on the car and go and save the cunt dashing through. Fucking right. Yeah, you, and one you're a hero traffic. two you've got the fucking car two you've got the and, video and both, and, both, and, and two and, people die. But it's not suicidal. What are the points? Would you that you've, 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 I, I would do that. That's that's I'd probably turn the lights off for you, but <laughs> damn, I'd save you. <laughs> right there for well, you. One of the points the brothers <laughs> makes though is like a common criticism is like, oh, how can you just stand there and let people die? And it's like, well. Yeah, there's not a lot of people that would have dashed across an alley free freeway in the middle of the night and got pulled a guy with a burning car. So even if he did film him at the beginning, he did kind of save his life in the end. So yeah, no, it was it was a great scene. It was it was almost as as gripping as the film. To be honest with you, it probably made me jump up yeah. my seat, jump about my seat more than anything that happened in the film. Because honestly, I don't I don't know how long it goes on for, but two cars clip. The, the car because it's stalled and then after a period of time it's lights go out so it's got nothing yeah. it's, it's black car it's just uh-huh. it's, it's in like you barely it, see the car in the, the Netflix fastest lane yeah out of mm. the five lanes oh shit yes. it's not even in the middle it's just kind of hanging over the edge and everything oh jeez oh right I'm gonna horrible. have to I need to watch this <laughs> Horrible. But it's, it's very entertaining like. and it's like if there's three <laughs> guys going over it'll show you like a, a map and it's Super like Howard's blue Zach, like uh, Scott's green Zach's red you see them all kind of converging on a location and it's like well, who's going to get the first who's going to get the best uh, shot and it's like but end of every night they'll show like Zach got five hits from that and Scott only got one so Zach got like five times the money from that. Yeah, it spells it out quite well. But, but I mean, how how much how much do people actually want to see destruction and death and blood and well, guts? Because I've been I've, I've been sent videos in the past um, through group chats of people getting shot, people yeah. getting absolutely 
chopped bits and different things. Once I've watched it, it's it doesn't kind of it's not gave me anything more in my life except a feeling of like holy shit! I've seen somebody actually getting chopped a bit, but I've seen what an actual machete does. I've seen what an actual gunshot does. It kind of gives you a wee idea of right, okay, if that was me, would I be able to handle it? No, you wouldn't. Have. You're you're yeah. getting chopped the bits or you're getting chopped the shoes yeah. or whatever it is or you're going so I mean I mean Dan spoke about for the, the, fact that, the fact that we've actually got the real life stuff actually hitting your phone as quickly as the Netflix stuff is hitting your phone it's uh, it's mm. going to collide and it is definitely going to collide pretty soon and the filmmakers are going to decide on how much we're actually going to put on the TV. So, I've I mean, if you're clever enough and you're good enough as a director and a writer and everything like that, a lot of, like, let's talk about horror here. That's what we're talking about. Uh, imagined horror, imagined um, violence is amongst the most, you know, striking and in, in yeah. it plays with your head huh? your emotion your psychological view of what's mm-hmm. going on rather than the physical um thing because a lot of like physical violence is well you can get the slapstick violence which is you know slaps in the face and and all that sort of thing um and that that's funny I've, I've, I've kind of lost my chain of thought here but you can see something happening and it, it almost it's so unbelievable it's so weird yeah and it, it dilutes its impact but if it pulls away at the last second and it's imagined then it's almost stays with you longer because you kind of think but, about, I mean, a lot of movies are uh, horror movies are only remarkable with the use of like practical effects with like dead bodies or how they die or they get stabbed and stuff like that and it's and that is an mm. art form I will I will say I'll say I defend that as an art form but it's also meant to be disturbing and uh, horrible and it's like it's kind of like what you're saying Terry it's like what something in real life uh, has happened that you couldn't put on screen regardless of radar mm-hmm. or teens or something like that and truth is uh, can be stranger and worse than fiction like, yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. have you have something that people just can't can't film, can't put can't put on cinema, regardless of it's like Hannibal Lecter or whatever. So I think someone mm. in real life will come up with something worse because we are humans are horrible to each other. And they talk about this in the in the film. There's a scene like, uh, where they, cr- they cross the line between mm-hmm. what we show and and you know because yeah. uh, the horror not the horror yeah. house. The horror house is the one with the bullets, isn't it? The bullets in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, the bullets. Yeah. No, no, the horror the horror house is horror where house. he goes into the house and he's going through. Yeah, is that the murder one? The bodies. Yeah, yeah. Murder. yeah okay, the horror so, house. So, so, so that one is... Um, yeah, so they, they, they pixelate the faces because like, at that point, the families haven't even been identified yet. This has just happened at like half nine and we're talking about mm. news. Or, or, that's know, something, that's something breaking like that. news that something breaking bad news. has happened there, yeah. And and they're seeing these dead bodies. Mm. And and then there's another one where like earlier in the film there's a car crash and he manages to fucking worm his way in right into the... And you could see the guy's neck just gushing out with blood. And, yeah. And again, they're questioning mm. like... 
Ah, we, we, we can't show that but uh, you know the need for ratings and the need for all this shit they make a decision just tell people this is going to be bad look away if you want but we're showing it yeah it's grim I, I, I think it's talking question about of, you go. that was the question of I know it's news and everyone could be watching it but do you give like adults that choice like uh, do you say oh you're a grown adult you can uh, we've, told, we've put a warning on this it's up to you like, is it with your own free will that we can't no. be blamed if you watch no. this or absolutely not no because um, it doesn't matter what adult or what age you are and or how you um, how you keep an eye on this it will always filter down to the kids of any age I mean from the from the four of us uh, three of us four of us <laughs> seen <laughs> double already <laughs> um, we've all seen that, we've all seen porn well before well yeah well before we were 18 um, easily and anything like this would always filter down to the kids uh, the ages that you don't want yeah, that type yeah. of violence to be what, shown what, what so things eight, so, that's, so that's the problem I mean Twitter Facebook all social media I mean these types yeah. of things will always filter that type of age I've been sent in group chats like stuff and it's always uh, best gore that's the kind of website that leads to that so seeing that aftermath of wait hold on let's write that down best gore <laughs> don't do it man don't do it but this is um, you oh, know, sorry sorry. Of, I thought you like, said best best gore as in oh he's going well yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh she's going well <laughs> He's the, he's the best. That's or. a different. That's a different site. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you yeah. that. <laughs> best gore. <laughs> best gore. Best gore. Sorry. Top shagger. Best gore. Top shagger. You speak of Twitter and something like that. I uh, there was a thing going around like, months ago. I think maybe like uh, last year. It was a seemingly innocent video. And then I'm not going to speak it, but like it, it's not. This wasn't a jump, a jump scare, like uh, exorcist. There, ah, or anything like that. It was just a, a horrible, like image was, was scene was put in front of us. It was real life, and it became trending. And then Twitter just kind of keep keep trending it. They weren't checking on it, and everyone was talking about it. And I've seen that. I've seen. Oh, I don't know what it is. And then I ended up, I ended up just putting on a, like I didn't mean to put it on. I just clicked on this video and then saw something. Like horrifying, it stuck. It stuck with me, and it's just brought it up to the surface. Was that, was that a New Zealand it. thing? Mm. No, no, no. I, that was no. Uh, I I heard I heard about that in this tiny, but I'm talking about something mm. that was masked under a seemingly innocent like video. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Like this was like a trick no. played on everyone. Right, okay. But yeah, mm. uh, see, so I was just going about my day. And uh, you're right about the trickle down factor. Like, I, I, was, I was exposed it's to something I don't want to see. But I mean, it's so hard in this day and age to kind of stop anything like that from hitting the civilians that don't want it to be hit. Yeah. If you like. Yeah. Um, Information is just flowing so freely nowadays. Yeah. And that's the worry that we've all got to kind of take of how 
how do we stop it from happening? And there's no way that we're going to be able to stop it from happening as quickly and as smoothly as we can. Um, yeah, it's so so easy to chuck a video up on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Anyway, let's yeah. let's get away from this this <laughs> this dim and gloom. This light in the mood. I've got a I've, see, yeah, see yeah, yeah. my next I've got, a, so I've got a slap check. <laughs> oh, hold on, you mentioned you mentioned slapstick. Uh, I've got an absolutely belter of slap or slapstick videos that I'll put up on Facebook um, soon after this. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my next bit of trivia seems just like the. The, 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 just who cares after what we've been speaking about but I'll say it anyway (laughs) despite receiving nominations for best actor at the Golden Globes Blasters Blasters (laughs) (laughs) Bastards Best actor Bastards Best Bastard actor (laughs) Best bastards. Yeah. So Best bastards. Of these, loads of these shit. Loads of no, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal didn't get an Oscar nomination that year. Apparently, mm. one of only eight actors that this has happened to, one of only eight actors that's had the Golden Globes, the BAFTA, the SAG, the Critics' Choice, Independent Spirit, and the Saturn Awards, all nominated when it came to Oscar. Can, you, didn't get, can you look up on your Which one at that machine? time? Uh, who won the Oscar for in that year? So what we're yeah. saying, it would have been it would have been twenty the year after. Yeah, yeah. The Oscars Which in year? January. This came up October, twenty fourteen. Yes. So we're looking at Oscars. Twenty fourteen. Best actor. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. No, twenty fourteen. Nah, twenty fifteen. Yeah. Okay. The film came out in twenty fourteen in October. So best actor was. Oh, that's not too bad. British guy. Right, hold on, right, hold on, right, hold on. Okay. Right, British guy. Oh, British actor. There's your first, there's your first, no, 2015. There's your first clue. 2015. 2015, best actor, British guy. Damn it. Ricky Gervais. Next clue. Right, next clue. Okay, the critics said, blank... Towers. This is an astonishing, genuinely visceral performance which bears comparison with Daniel Day-Lewis in My Left Foot. No, there is oh, a clue. is it the guy that played... Um, there is a clue there. Uh, no Einstein. But, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm gonna get Eddie us Redman. Eddie Redman. Theory of everything. Eddie yeah. Redman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. I can you know hear the clues there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she used to be the quiz master. <laughs> um, you know what? Yeah, I get that, but I think he still should receive the nomination. Okay, so other nominations that year. I've, never, I've still not seen that one, though. Was, uh, hang on, what the fuck? Steve Carell in Fox, Fox Catcher. I think that it's a movie. Yeah, that's like meant to be quite a good. Crazy yeah. coach or something like that. Like mm. is that just, is this? Like, is, am I missing? I think his, it's it's based on a real real life. Steve Carell is. I, yeah, he's the office guy. The office guy, but, but there's uh, a picture here. It yeah. Doesn't look like him. Yeah, he's got prosthetics oh, on the guy. Oh, just, oh, just, oh, just, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Because the guy's cool. quite creepy, masked up. So, I think, have you seen that Twitter account? He, These people don't really exist. Yeah, yeah. That one. This is what it looks like. Yeah. This, it looks like somebody is completely different. Fucking For those that know, it's like AI images of humans, but like they don't actually, they're not actually humans, they're just smushed together other faces. Yeah, and then they just imagine this is what the job they do and where they're from and so Yeah, oh, here's Dave, he's an accountant. Yeah. Uh, another I'm one was uh, Bradley Cooper, an American sniper, he was nominated. Oof, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch in <laughs> the imitation game. No, that's good. American sniper, I was never a big fan. <laughs> Michael Keaton and Birdman. So there you go. Here, that's a I got a lot of praise. Yeah. yeah. I would probably <laughs> ditch Bradley Cooper and, and put Dylan uh, Hall on that list. John Hall, yeah. Yeah. Whether, oh, he did, whether he did enough for Red Main, I don't know. But, but then, this this film on, didn't yeah. do on, well. Think of, think of the audience that you've got. Yeah. Oh, that's a, but it's the Golden Globes you were not. talking about there, wasn't it? No, <laughs> so but I'm it's sure, all American. I'm sure, I'm sure these people would have. Um, well, yeah, but but the then taking take an American sniper away when the when the political agenda is <laughs> let's all go to war and let's celebrate war, <laughs> as opposed to let's not celebrate what you're seeing on the news. So yeah, there's always there's always shit kicking about. I didn't. Uh, um, so Nightcrawler didn't do extremely well at the box office in fact I think if you take how much it took to make and it probably made a loss in the first wee while uh, it's, it's sort of had a resurgence of a little cult following rather than being a big box office yeah. thing whereas American Sniper is the type of film that you'd imagine would do well at the box office like you're saying and then nobody speaks yeah. about it for years. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> mm. We're not, not going to touch that film. Fuck that. Imagine we have said, oh, I've got a great film about Street with American Sniper. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only film that I think is going to come up um, regularly is, oh, what's the one with all the Black Hawk Down? Mm. There's not an actor worth fucking his mustard that's not in that film. <laughs> Another another uh, bit of trivia is uh, th- this is the first film for director Dan Gilroy who incidentally was married to Rene Russo who plays Mia in the film. Oh, really? Oh, right. oh. Yep. Uh, but uh, that quite surprises me this is his first movie because due to how kind of a tight and like streamlined movie this is there's a lot but it's, it's going everything it's just kind of Perfectly mm. placed. There's not. Oh, look at this over here for twenty minutes <laughs> that you see in some movies. Like, yeah, he's he's written. He's not. He's not done any dramatical. No. He's he's before no, he's this. He's not done any stupidly dramatical scenes that are. Well, mind you, when he's sitting doing the ironing, <laughs> he's ironing his shirts every now and then. I was kind of thought that that was a wee bit pointless. I think, I think it's him just kind of his routine and it's him watching the news so it's him admiring his own work and getting yeah, ready yeah. for work uh, at the same time yeah also kind of I took that again is that he's not in it necessarily for the money 
You know, he's not. He's yeah. not. He, he buys a yeah, car. He's minimalist. He, he buys, yeah, he buys another car. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He's kind of still motel living type thing. Well, not even not living in a motel, but it's kind just of. a wee, wee apartment kind yeah. of thing. And he's he's not like thinking, oh yeah, this is me. Well, just flashing the crash. He's not flashing the crash because it's not important to him. It's more likely mm. it's people speaking to him, knowing him, him having the influence yeah. is, is the big thing. That's what I kind of thought it was. You know, he's watering these single plant in that. Uh, another, yeah. right, just to, um, show that this thing's no just like thrown together willy-nilly. Dan Gilroy <laughs> went on to write the scheme, screenplay for Kong, Skull Island. Oh, sick. All Kong's full circle. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not getting away from King Kong ever. And, and, <laughs> no. and, and to really fuck you up, Tarek, you asked the question um, that us in the group chat just was it late on Saturday night or something like that. What's your best? Uh, I was steaming, by the uh, way. I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's your best Denzel performance? And <laughs> and uh, I like. It's, it's hard. You can see the big ins like Daz, you went with training day. Like nobody yeah. can argue with that. What did you say? Mm, yeah, definitely. I went John Q, but you that's just because I was arguing arguing with the wife about John Q at and that point in time. I threw one in that's maybe a bit left field was Roman J. Israel Esquire. And which he plays this kind of lawyer who's kind of seen that dad, yeah. Downtrodden but says to fight the good fight. Uh You'll never guess who never wrote, seen you'll never guess who wrote and directed that. Dan Gilroy. Dan Gilroy, he's been the unsung hero of Krusty's Third Defo. He's getting his, <laughs> his due now. Honestly, I like this shit. Or maybe Dan he Rowe. needs to start tagging himself <laughs> in. Dan, Dan Roy <laughs> could tweet this shit. Another, uh, another uh, thing is uh, the horror house. So we talked about the horror house scene, right? And what we haven't spoke about in terms of how news packages are put together and why they spread the fear and everything like that is for the reason that they are is to make money off the adverts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the fucking raison d'etre for these things. Uh, are you and- just chucking a crusty thirst in the polls advert? <laughs> no. I've <laughs> already heard the advert. But, uh, during the film, when that's broadcast, they cut to a break and it's a commercial for Birdseye. Did you, did you hear that? No. In the film. So oh. you've got the horror house and they go, now we go to a commercial break and they show you a Birdseye advert and mm-hmm. it's, it's got wolves in the advert. And apparently that continues the kind of director's theme of Lou being like a predatory animal in this thing. So ah, he wanted oh he God. wanted the film to be called the Coyote or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. they went they went with someone else, but yeah, I seen a I seen a um, interview with John Hall, and he said that he was kind of he had the Coyote in his mind when he was kind of getting into the character, he, and throughout his progression within the character he tried to make sure that he was hungry he was constantly hungry so he, he changed his diet so he was hungry and he would go for 10 mile runs weight. each yeah. day 
Yeah, yeah, he lost. He lost quite a bit of weight, and he went for ten mile runs. To and when he was running, he said that he wanted to think that he was running with pack of coyotes mm-hmm. as he was kind of going through the his process of kind of bringing it to life. So it kind of makes sense his relationship yeah. with Rick. Like he's the like the alpha mm. of it, and he he like and if he steps out of line, he's gonna like a barker by him. You know, he's mm-hmm. gonna. <clears throat> Get the fuck yeah, <laughs> get back in line. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Another little wee Easter egg in this is uh, again Jake or Louis Bloom in his house watching the TV, uh, and there's a bit where he sees it an old movie. Do you remember that scene? Mm, can't think. Still no. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. I'm thinking there's 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 going to be something there, but. I, my- Fuck knows what it was. Yeah. I mean, nobody sees these things until you go on IMDb and find out. But the, the, the film you watch is, is a, from 55 called The Court Jester. And I think you see a, a knight's helmet kind of getting chopped off or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, so, he chops off and then he chops off and he chops off again. And yeah, yeah. So it, the basic movie is a jester who kind of rises up to be someone who's pretty big. So a kind of zero to success story which is again similar to uh, yeah not not seen as not seen as anything then takes over everything yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. so just these wee things that alright you know we Uh, I believe that it's it's my turn (laughs) to pick a movie let's uh, before you do uh, yeah one watch or buy oh actually yeah uh, I'll go for buy. I'll buy it five times. <laughs> uh-huh. like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd go buy definitely. No, I'm quite happy with that suggestion, and it's, uh, it's yeah, enjoy that. And I definitely, I would definitely go back and watch. Actually, I think I did watch it a second time. Did you? Sorry, there you go. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, should I keep my buys for absolute toppers? The more you think about this, uh, it's such a good film. Mm. It's probably one of the best that we've spoke about. If you mm-hmm. think of... Yeah. Like Bad Santa and Born After Reading and... Bora. Yeah. Ah, Bruno. Bora, yeah. Bora, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely one of the more kind of, it's more directed, it's, it's got a good kind of production, there's got a good cast, great story, it's, it's acted well, they've kind of brought everything that you wanted, you didn't know what was kind of coming, it's kept you engaged, it's kept the energy up, you've and got it's what, scared it's, at the it's, right it's, points. And it's yeah, two yeah, hours long, but it doesn't seem like that, does it? Oh, kind of flies through. In terms of like pacing, would you, wa- would you watch it again? Definitely. Yeah. Would you watch it again? That's Definitely. that's the that's yeah. the that's the whole point. In buy, would you buy it? Would, would, you, would you buy it? To watch it again? Okay, it's a buy. It's a buy. It's a buy. Three buys. Um, yeah, we commented on how uh, being a two-hour-long film doesn't seem like that. So uh, that always leads to me like the pacing's right. You know, kind of keeps you. Not that it's always ratcheting up the intensity, but there's just enough there to keep you going along. And um, one of the quite telling nice things for me personally is, you know, everybody kind of picks up their phone during something and 
fills in a wee gap. Mm. You know, if there's, you know, when a film changes something and there's a bit of a musical interlude where they're just setting a scene, there's an aerial yeah, shot yeah. of something that just tells you where they are. You're like, okay, that's, that's 10 seconds I've got to just quickly check this notification or something. I don't think, well, tell you, I picked up my phone once during this film. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I put up my phone because I've seen it all the times, but I was just making notes for. Things to say in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was studying the Ah, film. There you go. Not that it was judging you. I think um (laughs) I think a thing a thing for this film for me was the fact that I've probably got more to say about it. Even though we've just discussed it. If I watched it again, I would come back and I would probably say, actually I think this, actually I think that. So that to me, makes it a really solid, solid film. Yeah. Oh, another thing before we leave, I want to say is uh, when we were speaking about the scene where he is in the newsroom for the first time, meets Mia for the first time, and is learning the ropes. Oh, you want blood? Oh, you want this? Oh, you want that? Yeah. Uh, he sees yeah. uh, the backdrop of where the newsreaders actually sit when they're when they're getting filmed and mm. telling the stories, and it's a painting of LA. And he says, "Oh, I thought yeah. that was real." And the the thing for me was like, it's not real, it's just a painting. So it's a depiction of LA. We're not giving you what's going on, we're giving you what we are telling you. Uh, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or what we are interpreting is going on and all that sort of shit. So, movie inside a movie inside a fucking movie. There you go. There you go. Oh, Check your new deep ass motherfucker. You get any deeper? <laughs> I'm going to call you. Yeah. <laughs> Another name. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my porn, that. that's my porn name, Dibas. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of what kind of films uh, is this going to be? What kind of genre? <laughs> oh, well, dear. we'll stick on Jake Gyllenhaal Hall, and we'll go to Brokeback Movie. Kieran Dibas, Finlay. <laughs> Darren, your, uh, Darren, your middle name could have been different, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Glad it's the way it is. But <laughs> going to shift it on to things I have control over. Uh, that is next week's choice. <laughs> uh, recommended to... Oh, you show. have your own choices, mate. <laughs> uh, recommended to me by a, a fan of the show, Mark, Mark Shanks. It was his birthday last... Tuesday as, as of recording. Happy birthday, birthday Shanksy. Happy birthday. And he's recommended uh, the Korean film Parasite, the oh, Oscar nice. winner itself. Okay. And so hopefully we're gonna, that's going to be another movie we'll that's... be dissecting in, uh, in two weeks' time. As you've recording. spoken quite well about this. Oh. This is I, on my list. This is on my list anyway. I've seen it twice. So, I'll, I'll get more a, into the top of my list. Yeah. I've I've seen it twice, and I'll uh, next time I'll go into more detail about like how I watched and who I watched it with. But definitely an incredible film. Nice, great choice. With uh, Mark uh, Fancy coming on to discuss it at some point, like next week. That's a question. That's a question. Yeah, yeah. Open, why not? <laughs> Let's go for it. Hi, love birthday gift from. Is this? Um, oh uh, yeah, exactly. It's a film. Anybody on Facebook that wants to check out some? Uh... Yeah, I believe it's <laughs> on Amazon. 
I believe it's available on Amazon Prime by I yeah. could I could be wrong, I could be mistaken. Nice. Superb. Yeah, that'd be good if he came on actually. Looking forward to that. <laughs> so anybody else that wants to chuckle, any recommendations? We'll put something up on Facebook for you to stick recommendations up, but your recommendation, you come on and you discuss it. Aye. You 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 bring you bring your backbone on it. Um, if you if you think the film's good enough, then bring your bring your cojones or your jabonis. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> Take care, what the fuck that was? <laughs> Goodbye. Can <laughs> 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 edit that. Out. <laughs> I stay in motherfucker. <laughs> but we're leaving. <laughs> Really, what a day! If you like what you're hearing, uh, not the jabronis and the bronies or whatever he said, don't keep it a secret. <laughs> Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Search Crusty wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, leave a cheeky wee review on Apple Podcasts. That would that wouldn't go amiss. Um, we've got a few short weeks left of lockdown, so plenty of time yet to check out our back catalogue. <laughs> If you're on social media and need a break from the anti-vaxxers or those clever people sharing pictures of their house parties, then give us a follow for some good old-fashioned light relief. Uh, Goodbye from me and last word to you, gentlemen. Goodbye. Goodbye, jabronis.